Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, what's the Building Downtown? You can follow us on social media at The Building DT. You can follow and subscribe to the show on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Jason Kelly. You can follow me at MMA. You can follow my co-host, Krill Kasatsky, at Krill Raps, and my other co-host, Amy Barton, at Ames Bell. Sitting around thinking today about tonight's guests, and it's the first ever Building Downtown family edition. I feel like Steve Harvey should be hosting this motherfucker. (laughs) We hear all this, we, we, everybody knows, it's not just New York and L.A. Detroit is a hip-hop spot. It has deep roots in hip-hop. And we see these battlers, we see these rappers in all these different photos, but we never see or hear from the people that put these people in these frames. And tonight, we're blessed with Rosa Productions, Jay and Jessica Rosa. How's it going, my man? Nice. That's awesome. We're good. Awesome, good. man. I got to clarify, though, right off bell. Rosé. Rosé. Oh, fuck. I was going to ask you guys beforehand, too, and I forgot. As I'm saying, I'm like, I hope I'm not fucking butchering this. Yeah. So yeah. it's Rosé. Yeah, you ain't the only one, man, so you're good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, uh, I even asked Times about it when we had him on. I was like, how? how He's just how about to say. <laughs> And we heard he's like, the, it's Rosé Productions, and then he's calling us the Rosas. So I'm like, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got to get corrected, though. I'm glad you guys said that. So I got to say, first of all, uh, I know I sent this picture to Krill and Amy. You guys take so many photos, it might not pop in your head right away. The first time I came across to you was the KOT Grand Prix, the 2020 Grand Prix. And you guys posted a picture, I think it was a talkback, of Marv holding that mirror up to Sharon's face during that <laughs> round. And you can see Sharon's face in the mirror. I still yeah. think that picture is wild. Which one of you caught that thing? Uh, that was me. That I was did you? that intentionally. Yes. That's what's going to be my next question. Did you, is that something that you got home later and you're looking at? You're saying, oh, shit. Wow. Look at this one. Or you intentionally got that. So we did that intentionally. And when we got home, I had noticed that half of his face was off. So we moved the half over and we duplicated it into the mirror. It was definitely half photo taken and half photo edit. Super cool though. And I remember I commented on it and you responded and you said something you had to make his eyes pop or something. And I remember saying something like, that's look at me while I'm killing you. And right after that, I was like, I got to be friends with these two. These two, these two are working with KOTD. I like what's going on. I went and checked out your page. And I mean, as you've seen, both times we've had times on, I've used pictures that you guys have taken and credit you for it in the uh, in the blurb, right? Um, yeah. Guys are really, we appreciate uh, that. What's that, sorry? We appreciate that a lot. Photo credit is huge in the kind of industry that we work in. <clears throat> yeah, I know. I Coming from combat sports, Amy and I covered combat sports for fucking damn near a decade. And uh, mm-hmm. it was always cool with people if you just source them for their work. And there was one guy I couldn't find to source him, so I just put the picture up anyway. Within like two days, he contacted the owner of the website with a cease and desist. So listen to this, listen to this. The next article I put up, got a different fighter altogether. I do the same thing. It happened to be the same fucking photographer. He was furious. He's like, you guys doing this on purpose? You must be. 
Oh my god. Dude, and the email was so fucking shitty. And we were like, bro, nobody even you don't even know how to source yourself. That's yeah. why we couldn't find it. He's thinking you guys are like strategically fucking this guy over. How dare yeah. you play this chess move on oh, me? Oh man. <laughs> yep. So I know you guys do uh you, you can be uh, hired for photography for just about anything, but let's start with the battle rap. How the hell did you guys get into? Well, first of all, when did you guys become fans of battle rap? Because I assume you were a fan first lifeline so i mean it's different for both of us because like for me before i even met my wife um i was a hip-hop artist and i was a battle rapper oh shit there is battles on youtube right now that you can search j rose versus, <laughs> and i mean you got battles of me on there from 2009 whoa i know what i'm doing after the show yeah well it's funny because that was the era where it was all freestyle so like for me it was a hard transition from like I, I fell off of battle rap for some time because when I started seeing that it was all manufactured and people were writing their rounds going into the battles, uh, it it turned me off because I was a freestyle battler, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm like, it kind of, it took me a while to get over that hump to come to that conclusion of, okay, now, wait, we get to prep our rounds. We get to perfect this shit because God knows <laughs> you can be the best freestyler on Wednesday and you can suck on Thursday, when you, <laughs> <laughs> you know? Teams were from the UP, which was there was not a lot of hip hop and rap up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From the Upper Peninsula, it's not a very strong hip hop scene. But, but I mean, I was just driven to hip hop. Hip hop is always something that was kind of brewing in my blood, man. So, you know, for us getting into it photography wise, uh, we had done the family life. We were, you know, I had put battle rap away as a battler. I put my hip hop away. And we were trying to be self-sufficient. We were trying to be self-made. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about, okay, you know, my wife loved photography. And she's like, I want to get into photo work. And I said, well, I'll tell you what, you get into photo work, I'll get into video work, and I'll be able to start filming my own videos. Mm-hmm. And we're in Michigan. Now we're down here. We don't live in the UP or nothing. We're in the middle of Michigan. Didn't know anybody and we're having these conversations of trying to figure out how do we introduce ourselves into a scene that we know nothing about down here. Mm-hmm. We have no connections and nobody like in the UP, my name rings bells. Jay Rose rings mm-hmm. bells. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows me down in lower Michigan. So I, I, I don't have that. <laughs> right. <laughs> how the hell do we get involved? So we had started doing searches about, you know, just what is available for hip hop. Yeah. Yep. And battle rap. And we had come across something in Flint and we just kind of threw it out there and said, Hey man, you know, we would love to come through and just offer to take some photos for free. And he's like, yeah, no, come through. We'll have you guys help as an assistant film the battle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We filmed a battle. And I mean, by the grace of what B and luck, uh, it was it was uh, excellent quality. <laughs> we, you did good. You hear me say that because we really didn't know what the fuck we were doing. No, we did a lot of research. We did a lot of uh, prepping, but it didn't hit us until you were there and Jay was alone. So I wasn't even involved for the first year. Um, I was still stay at home mom, uh, full time worker. I'm a CNA, so okay. it was all on Jay for that first full year. Um, of the beginning of our business, we weren't even Rose Productions. We actually were JMR plus JMR photography and video productions. Some ridiculously long, how do you elaborate this fucking name to your potential client? (laughs) (laughs) Put it on a business card, tell everybody. It just didn't work, but it was our initials. So it meant something to us in the beginning. 
mm-hmm. um, but eventually we became Rose Productions and yeah, Flint Battle Rap. That's where we got started. Okay, so you being a CNA, when did when did it come to the point where you know you said because it's, it's everybody, not everybody, a lot of people, you know, you have something on the side or something that you want to grow into be something, but that you know, I have passion doesn't pay the bills, right? Okay. So you, right, you have a career. At what point mm-hmm. did you? put that away and say, this is full time. This is full focus. This is what we're doing. Um, it was COVID the beginning of COVID. Okay. And it was, um, I was diagnosed with cancer, so mm-hmm. I'm not able to work, but, um, yeah, that's kind of what started me being full-time into our business. Okay. I had been full-time at that point myself. So she had yeah. kind of seen I think I was full-time for like a year, maybe. Um, I had transitioned out of doing like labor work. I mean, heavy-ass, intensive tree removal where you're pulling ass, whole-ass trees oh, out of people's yards, you know? That. Oh, man, it, it killed me, you know? I'm a laborer at heart uh, at that time. Like, I could do anything you put in front of me, but at the same time, I was so fucking sick of not being paid my worth. Yeah. I mean, it was killing me. Like, I knew I could smoke the boots off of anybody next to me but i was getting paid the same as the guy next to me and i just that mentality that whole uh, process of having to go through that beat us down man my wife's hearing me bitch and moan every night (laughs) you know to a point where it was like man baby you do your full-time work with that and i'm gonna take a leap of faith into this Mm -hmm. and she she is the reason why we were able to fucking maintain because if we didn't have her full-time checks coming in, I never would have been able to actually focus on the business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Financial stress is definitely, you know, that, that well, ruins fucking relationships all the time and oh, it just ruins your well being by yourself. Like, even if you're by yourself, it ruins your well being. If you have to worry about where your next meal is coming from, how you're going to pay your rent while you're trying to concentrate on building something, it's damn near impossible. Oh, wait. facts, facts. Mm-hmm. So, do you find too, you said, you know, you're into that hard labor. Uh, it's funny because I've done hard labor jobs before in my life. And then when I was doing combat sports stuff, it was a lot of writing, interviewing, and then hosting two podcasts as well. But especially the writing, the interviewing process over and over the transcribing. I found that just as exhausting, maybe not physically on the muscles as being like a laborer on a construction site or something like that. Do you find once you're diving as deep into this, you're just as tired at the end of the day? Um, I'm going to be honest with you, probably more at times, just like you had said, not as much physically. And I guess it's because, you know, when you're working for somebody else, you're, you're still trying to build your reputation and hold your character, but you know, you're working for a guy who's pulling in all the money. And when you come to that realization, he don't really give a fuck about you. He, he gives a fuck about what you bring that day. Right. Um, in comparison to, okay, if I stop at eight hours working on my business today, it's a wrap. But man, if I can keep going and keep pushing, them them extra four or five hours can make a difference to someone seeing Mm -hmm. our work the next day. 12 to 16 hour Mm -hmm. days, six days a week. It's It's mentally exhausting. I think it's the editing when it comes down to it. It's the extensive amount of editing that can go into this shit. And because we're like on the perfectionist side of things, we want everything to be, you know, we tend to look at even battles, man. We've always looked at battles. We're at an event. Let's say Run the Fade's coming up. It's five battles. We look at every battle itself individually as its own movie. Yeah. Right? So, okay. like, 20 to 25 minutes, roughly. Uh, well, I mean, when you're doing it live like this, it's probably like a 15-minute more. But yeah. we're not usually on the live tip. We're just transitioning into that, you know, 2020, 2021. But each one is its own movie. So, by the time we get it out to 
the fans, and they're looking at it. We want you to notice everything from intro to outro to the transitions, how the names come in, um, when we choose to switch angles. You know, it it matters to us. Yeah, mm. because of the battlers. Yeah. Sorry, my bad. How long is it? Oh my god, what's going on? <laughs> Curly, you have a mic problems over there? Oh, I don't know what happened. My bad. Sorry. You're good. Go on, Krill. All right, never mind. I was Jessica just, just going to ask, how, how, how long does it take to edit a 25-minute video? And I'll figure this thing out quick. This, this is our first show, too, guys. Sorry. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> You're good. Shit. Um, I mean, it's really depending. It's We've gotten way better with it. I'll tell you right now, yes. from beginning to end, because I feel like for us, it's different than a lot of the film crews, because we take it to a different level of seriousness, meaning like what I notice in battle rap often with footage, if it ain't Avo, right? If it ain't Avo, Avo, you can guarantee you're getting quality. Oh, yeah. But you tend to either sacrifice one or the other, either the visual or the audio. Yeah. And I've seen some people have the dopest visual and they got shitty audio. Mm-hmm. I've heard people have great audio and you're like, what the fuck am I watching yeah. right now? <laughs> and then that, it, it hurts the battlers. That's what I was going to say is the quality of the battle is what's gets sharing around. So mm-hmm. if you have the dopest battle, but everything's blurry, you can barely hear it. Who's really going to sit there and watch that? Yep. So all the time that the battlers put into it, we take all of that into consideration. So for a three round battle, that would be on average in our area, because I can't run off KOTD time because they clock you. Um, uh-huh. But an average in our area, three round battles, approximately 25 minutes. I'd say intro and outro already done three hours. Yep. yep. About three wow. hours. And it used to be like live. eight. I ain't even holding yeah. you up. It used to be like eight hours. And this is where <laughs> straight up per fucking battle, man. And this was what was bodying us because we cared so much. And it seemed like some of the league owners we were working with, they just they didn't really give a fuck, man. It was like they didn't understand you know, the extent of what we were actually trying to bring to the table. And shout out Alpha League, because they are our home league. We've been with them for going on four years. Uh, We love Alpha, and they have always treated us good. So that's nothing on them. Yeah, Yeah, we had times on, actually. He was talking about how you guys, I asked him, you know, like, basically how you guys got connected and everything. And he said that there was a time when you guys were grinding, trying to come up, you know, just start collect and pay for what you do instead of just trying to do prove yourself that you guys were getting taken advantage or it was about to happen. And that's when him and his crew noticed and kind of stepped in. Uh, How much, how much bullshit did you guys have to go through? Were there instances before that where pay was short or there was no pay at all, or you're getting dicked around one way or another? So we'll go into, we've definitely been hold on money. We've definitely been taken advantage of lied to our names, been spit out, horribly in public with no proof or anything a lot of it's been false by mad league owners which we're not gonna you know but and this is all let me clarify this is from like three four years ago this was like when we had started this shit was going on that led to it and what i had noticed to me was it was never the battlers uh battlers loved us man it just happened to be the powers that happened to be running the fucking chessboard at that time 
Yeah. And and still to this day, man, these guys, you know, got terrible reputations behind their names for the way they've done business with others, not just us. But yeah, man, that uh, I'm not going to lie to you. There was a point there where we almost hung up the fucking gloves because it was like, oh, no. I don't care how much I love this. I'm going to I refuse to willingly walk into the situation knowing how we're getting treated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And walking in as a, a couple, a husband, wife couple, did you did you ever get any sort of like not getting taken seriously or any sort of flack for that? No, on the flip side, almost, it was like, there's a certain level of respect that came with it, um, where people are saying, you know, uh, we get the recognition of, wow, you guys have found a way to not only do your thing as a couple, but yeah, work as a team, you know, and yeah, we've actually gotten respect uh, versus the opposite. A lot of married couples, I don't think could do it. We can look at each other across the room and I can look my husband in the eye and he just, he gives me that look and I know what he needs whether it be a battery because I see him holding our camera or, you know, cause I can read him cause that's my partner. Uh-huh. So it's actually really, really helped us advance our business and our personal lives. 100%. Yep. Holy shit. Yeah. I, I was going to say most couples don't even want to be around each other that much, <laughs> let alone be that connected. Ten. Not even, not, not even couples. I know at work people coming in, right. If, I know I've done some labor jobs too at construction and and shit people will put people together that were roommates because there's too much yeah. time together so if you guys making it work that's amazing well and like i've always said from the jump I, i'll get into this you know in uh, private conversations but the fact is anybody that is around each other 24 7 i don't care if you're brother sister mom dad boyfriend girlfriend i don't care if you girlfriend girlfriend the fact <laughs> is <laughs> you will get sick of each other and if you don't give yourselves healthy fucking breaks away from each other as much as you love that other person, you will feel like you want to kill them by the end. So you just got to learn this about each other. And I feel like this would apply to anybody. Nobody should probably be attached at the hip 24 fucking seven. So like mm-hmm. we, and we're not, we have our own yeah. thing, you know, we do our own thing outside of our business. And I think that's how we stay healthy. Mm-hmm. I love it- him, but Go ahead. I was gonna say, you know, but it's always not perfect. <laughs> At least you're honest. Yeah, yeah. And honest I mean, business, business partners, friends, couples, whatever it is, especially when you guys are working, you know, in in tight quarters like that. There's a there's a time you have to be on. Things need to be done. Like that instance, it can get frustrating. Has there ever been times though when you guys have like had a quick moment of bickering at each other? Because I'm saying even like a coworker could be like what the fuck man fuck you don't fuck you like just back and forth quick bickering while you're on the job and then just tie it and you know get shit together real quick yeah i'd say that's more on me like i'm a little more impatient i have ocd so i have like our set when we show up on set it's very organized it's all in bins like so when we're taking it apart and putting it together i'm like listen just put this here really quick because i know that i'm right but I'm not always right. <laughs> we do real, we do a great job. Like it's definitely fucking happened, but we, we are also conscious that man, there's yeah. constant it's eyes on us. So we, yeah. it's almost like a private silent bickering at times. Wait, man. Get <laughs> Where <it's> like, <laughs> we get a moment away because we know we're under the spotlight right now. And the last thing we want people to see if we happen to be in that heated moment is the fucking heated moment. Yeah. No shit. 
Yeah. You, you catch that glance from Jessica and you're like, oh, I'm fucking dead when I get home. <laughs> yep, yep, I better shut the fuck up right now. <laughs> no, I was talking to the camera, babe. I was talking to the camera, not you. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. Fan behind me was fucking pissing me off. It ain't you. <laughs> not you. I love you, baby. I love you. You want eggs yeah. for breakfast in the morning? <laughs> yes, thanks. <laughs> so you got Run the Fade up next. What? Uh, so what duties are you guys hired for for this? Uh, video filming, yeah. camera yeah, operator, yes, technically for the first time with KOTD. Yep, that's what I thought because with Grand Prix it was just photo, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah, and we had done, um, you know, and shout out to us, you know, yeah. we shouted out Alpha League, that's our league, but man, listen, there's also Bar Wars, and that's really why we're in this. Alpha League gave us the platform to continue to make our craft great, and yes. and how to how you treat a business relationship properly right he yeah. they showed us that and, and have continued to give us opportunities and a place to shine and build our craft in turn you know because everybody you know everybody a lot of people are cool with each other uh in the detroit area man so it it was small esmo sean morrison uh league owner of bar wars i remember him reaching out to us for the gz battles yep two years mm -hmm. ago couple years ago and he's like listen man and this is why i will always have love for him just the way he even approached us because he's like you know i i love the way you guys work man he's like you guys really care about this and though i have a film crew i still want you guys involved so how can we get you involved uh can you guys do photography for this and we're like hell yeah man we're we're on board and that was you know he was basically just like i still want you guys involved because I see you guys care and, and Esmo is one of them people, you know, mm -hmm. that if you're going to have people working side by side with you, you want them people to give a shit. Yeah. Yeah. That's small. And so. that's how we got introduced to Gully and um, ultimately organic too. So right. because of small, it's definitely led us right into all of the work with KOTD. Facts. Yep. Yeah. And with this opportunity covering all video, all film, um, with the GP, were you guys angling towards that? Were you guys shooting for your shot when you spoke to Gully to organic or just patiently waiting until an opportunity came up? 100% patiently waiting because yeah. we knew Kurt. Um, Kurt Norris and Silent Optics are who were doing their videography work. Well, Bar Wars, yeah. though. Not, Bar Wars. Not yeah. necessarily KOTD. With KOTD, we knew Avo was on board, at least for the GP. We had already yeah. been hip yeah. that he was on. And, and to me, man, like, yeah. he's essentially he's kind of been like the the bar out here right when you refer to great battle rap quality footage um avo avo the yeah. ruin your day crew that tends to be the one that people use as the bar so to we me used him as a bar for sure yeah yeah he was our bar even yep. and mm -hmm. to me it was like you know what this will be our first time being on the same staff side while they're working and actually get to see how they move and yeah where we're normally in the situation where we've kind of just been thrown in the deep end at times where we didn't necessarily know um, over the years, you know, how to do certain things. And we had to learn. This was our first time actually being able to follow an example. Mm -hmm. Yep. We've been our own example. Yeah. Yeah. We've had to be our own example. Yep. You know, it's just a particularly special niche, like battle raps, uh, it, it's kind of own thing, right? You fuck. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. love is. it though man you know um and then lo and behold we got a call this time around like hey you know um they're doing their thing on the west coast right now um avo's gonna be busy with all of that we need a full-time film crew around here um for when kotd's lincoln 
on the east coast yeah, well on the well, midwest really midwest, yeah and you know uh hey we're looking at y'all we'd love to get y'all involved so we're getting pulled on as camera operators i mean he, i know small knows i think gully does too when we come on if it's needed we offer ourselves everywhere man so it, it's really hard to just go in and be like oh we're just gonna pick up the cameras and press record this will work put it on a tripod now i'm good you're right right now it's like all right man it is on a live production for sunday so that's another level of pressure that i'm excited about almost i never even thought about that live production too yep yeah yeah so is that new to you guys as well then yes um it's new to us for this event but it is not new idea we're investing into our own live setup for our our business as well but this live setup is kotd setup that we're coming in and camera operating essentially yeah if and, you look at it like that well and who's actually leading the live production and shout out to him man uh nick nick parrot mm-hmm. very intelligent man who we had actually done a bar wars event in the past uh last year and we were a part of his live event then he ran the sling studio but we did the camera operating so this is actually our second go around doing that um but yeah man we're just excited you know at the end of the day we just want to be able to offer great work (laughs) to those that want it and deserve it and did you guys get a chance to uh pick avocado's brain or any of that staff when uh, the gp was going on and you're in the same room as them absolutely absolutely yeah. man like, number. <laughs> it was dope because you yep. know i've always i seen it man he reminded me of me when i'm watching him because i'd come up and i'd you know kind of gauge him for a bit i'd ask him a question and i could tell in a sense it was like i was trying to it was almost like i was pulling him from the focus he was on that was when mm. i decided to take a step back and let him work because yeah. i'm the same way man when i get on it's so hard for me to just like if we're hired for a battle rap event and you're on the downtime say everything's set up you're literally just waiting for the event i still can't pull out a character as a film production guy because my mind is only on what's about to fucking happen yeah 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 you know you guys sorry go ahead jay oh no no you're good you're good uh so would you guys say that this is in battle rap terms hip-hop terms whatever is this the uh the biggest opportunity you guys have got so far I mean, depending on how you look at it, I guess it just depends on your perspective. Battle rap wise, um KOTD's name. Yeah, it would be an attached, obviously, King of the Dot, man. King of the Dot is, uh, you know, led for years. And I know I've, just the moves that have happened in the last year alone, I feel like have shown anybody that have doubted where KOTD was going that, hey, there is a breath of fresh air in here, motherfucker. <laughs> you know, <laughs> do not count us out quite yet. Right. And, yeah, on that aspect, absolutely. Um, but with that being said, we've also had, I don't know, man, it's we've just happened to manage to it's fall crazy. into countless big opportunities that have come our way and we've landed and have executed. Yep. You know, so like there's not a lot of pressure going into this, I feel. So this this may be above your pay grade, but why the switch from Twitch to YouTube for this event or for this whatever it is, tournament series of events? So I know personally the big it's just a temporary thing because it's not the consistent Avo crew on this who has shown right that they've got this handled on the live side to Twitch and cleanly. Because I know when you're dealing with Twitch, you're dealing with contract work, you gotta be on point with that mm. shit. 
And not to say we aren't, right? But this is our chance to prove that we can. So I know it's going to YouTube for that very reason. I don't believe this, I'm not sure of, but I don't think it'll stay on YouTube. If things go clutch as they should, we should be on Twitch for the next one. And that's not just on us. I think that's the whole run the fade hard if everything goes as planned. It's okay. the thing. It's a success. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. And do you guys know what film crews are taking any of the uh, other places they're going to be for Run the Fade? I don't have a clue, man. I wish I knew more on what was going on there. Be able to give you something, a bone to chew on, man. But it's just <laughs> not the case. <laughs> not if, you, if you guys did know, would you reach out to them and just kind of and you know, is, is would there be any like uh, anything that can add to it? If you're talking, if it's different film crews shooting different locations, reach out and say, like, hey, what are you guys going to do here? What are you guys going to do there? So it looks there's some sort of uniform to the shots, or is it best to just do your own thing, let them do their own thing, and let it look completely different for the for the different, whether it be Toronto or LA or Detroit or New York or wherever they do them? I feel like it depend on <clears throat> if you really thought you could bring better. Like, say, looking at Avos, um, because we've been in this long enough, we could come close to imitating his look because we've been in it. We know how to do that right down to the color correction. But we don't want to. But I don't know that we want to necessarily. Yeah. Yeah. Not that we want to go so far off in the other direction, right? But just to offer a different flavor, like this is the Midwest flavor. I think yeah. that'd be dope. Okay, yeah. I get what you're saying. <clears throat> yeah, and that's exactly it, I guess, right? You're not trying to reinvent the wheel. And basically, exactly. Avo kind of built that wheel in a way. There's other people that are pioneers like him, but he's the one that really, really polish that wheel so i i get you like you're not trying to reinvent it but you still want to put your own flair on things right yes and that's i think what we've always kept in is that we're rose productions even though we can bring amazing quality um this wasn't about getting anything over somebody we're just beyond grateful for the opportunity for us to shine in this moment mm-hmm. because it's our business yeah and, oh. and uh, that's a sign of a good that's a sign of a good artist to try, try to stick out I'm coming through. That. Yeah, you're coming through, Krill. I don't know what you're so concerned about. Oh, sorry, my bad. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I'm not. I'm not used to being here. My bad, man. I just. I, I don't know. I can't hear myself. But anyways, I was gonna say it's a sign of a good artist if you if you're trying to stick out and try to do the same thing but differently in your own way. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Big facts. Thank big facts. And that's one of the things like we had prided ourselves on, at least on the local front was, I mean, it's weird, man. Bat- again, with the battle rap, it, there's a thousand fucking leagues popping up right now. And mm-hmm. I salute anybody out here that wants to run and do that thing. But I will say this for anybody that is listening to this on that tip. If you are going to take the time to organize a card, um, whether you're strategically putting together battles or you're literally just fucking pulling names from a hat. Whatever your game plan is, right? I highly recommend that you go about it in the aspect of quality from the jump. And I mean, from the flyer drops to the footage drops to getting with these guys about how they promo, pushing that content. Because, man, if there isn't an overseas saturated with bullshit quality out here, and the last thing we need is more of it, you know? Yeah. So, so we talk, so wait a minute. Do. But we talk a lot about battle rap and that's where we know you guys from, right? So, but in a perfect world, like would you work for a King of the Dot not do contract work? Would you work for a platform like Twitch? Would you keep it as is? Like what would be the ultimate goal? 
I mean, it's weird because I feel like it's changed over time. I feel like we, because of the way the world's went and where we are in 2021, um, I would say a few years back, the ultimate goal would have been to like ultimately film for a KOTD or a URL, right? Now, it should, the game's just changed so damn much to where, listen, if KOTD came to us and was like, we want to to lock in with you guys long-term, you be the full-time crew, we're going to bring you to Canada, or hell, even just you guys cover everything in the United States. Damn right, we're going to at very least, um, you know, give some thought into that conversation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what if it's like a, a Twitch or an up and coming platform that says, hey, we want you, it's not, it's not all going to be battle rap, but we want you to be our in-house film crew. Is that something you would consider? We've thought about that because um, we've done more work outside of battle rap. If you do a little background check on us, like on YouTube or Facebook, you'll see that we've worked um, for local, like we did a campaign for a local mayor in Flint, for in Flint, Michigan. We did a huge Back to the Bricks, which is another big festival. The largest free festival in Michigan. So Hmm. we've done a lot of stuff outside of battle rap that um, we've filmed a couple movie trailers that are being scripted to hopefully drop on Netflix in the next two years. So we're venturing outside of battle rap. Um, If the opportunity presents itself and it's lucrative enough for our business to say this is the avenue we'll take we would consider it yeah and integrity i need to point this out man because this is so important to us as a whole we've talked about this behind the scenes it has to make sense amy to to answer your question it it would just have to make sense but you also have to have some level of integrity and uh to go a little deeper on that i don't want to feel like i'm working with a fucking scam artist i don't want to meet you and the vibes i get are just this dark like you know, you're on a whole nother <laughs> mission of bullshit. Yeah. I ain't fucking with you. I don't care what the money is. I, I want to sleep at night, personally. I want to mm-hmm. feel good about the decisions I make. And I want to know that when I lock in long-term on something, you know, we we all got our head in the game in the right place. And go, coming from, uh, like you said, you battled before. Uh, did you pay attention to the, the setting up of the events, the fuckery that goes on behind the scenes or any of that stuff when you were a battler? Okay. Okay. So let's go back to where, like for me doing battle as a battler, doing events, um, events weren't even a thing where I'm from, man, like the UP, it was an on-site thing. So like the last battle I had in the UP happened live at a bar. Oh, um, shit. We were performing at this bar already. Like we were all, like I was in a rap group, poetic hustlers. We were there to do a set. Somebody wanted to battle me and I was that bullheaded motherfucker. I would say no to nobody. (laughs) You call me out. We're doing this shit right now. Let's go. And and this dude actually wound up smoking my fucking boots that night. Need I mind you. But yeah, just keeping it honest with you. But, um, you know, the love event scene wasn't really that. And I guess. um, It was just pull up and rap. Yeah. Even the last, the big one. Biggest one I think we did in the UP happened on a three-day notice. And it was literally word of mouth. And, I mean, you watch that battle on YouTube. And I think it's like Jay Rose battles at NMU, I think the title is. And, I mean, there's comfortably 100 to 120 people in the crowd. Um, And I think they just wanted to see what it was, you know, see what it was about. But um, that one in particular, it's crazy because y'all will see one battle on there. I wanted to battle five more people consecutively after that battle. Oh, Jesus. 
Yeah, it was a gauntlet style. I got caught. I had literally had someone come up to me. I used to be on some street shit. That's where I was going. We uh, were listening to the Times interview. And I, I kind of laughed, man, because I think it was you, Jason, were like, yeah, man, uh, you, you know, Times, how do you meet the Rosés? Because, you know, it ain't like you guys look like the kind of people that be <laughs> yeah, hanging around exactly. each other. You guys don't look like the people that, he doesn't look like the people that's in your videos or something like that, I said. <laughs> Listen, and when you said that, I was like, yes, because <laughs> that fucking tells me. That tells me that I have officially, at least from my perspective, reformed me because I was that motherfucker at one time. And mm. I just got out of it, man. You know, a uh, dark path. You want to become a two-time felon, gun charge, felony drug charge. I was looking at doing prison for a very long time if I got caught up again or I was going to die fucking around in these streets. Yeah. And, and, you know, it just came down to it. I had to find a different way, man. That's kind of a... Uh, why we wound up coming downstate but yeah well one thing that you have you have posted about publicly so it's not like i'm airing out your business here is like you guys met in rehab i, I remember one time one of the posts you had at one point jay said uh something about you're, you're blessed to all these accomplishments and one of them is to get off the needle or something like that so what like where when you guys were at your darkest what the fuck were you into <laughs> oh, this is going to be a good one. <laughs> well, no, I'm, I'm trying to see if she's trying to lead this one or not. So and we got, uh, it's crazy because we met in rehab. We had never actually got high together, never. which is funny. So our, our stories are entirely separate up to that point. Yeah. Okay. Um, like me, I was a full-blown junkie um, by, by hey, the I want to get this in before you get to the story part. Cause I feel like this is the beginning of it. Isn't okay. rule number one in rehab not to get in a relationship in rehab? Facts. We were told yeah. that our odds were so stacked to fucking against us. And Why I mean, we had. Yep. And I was married. So there's. there's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's yeah. hear both. Let's hear each one individually, I guess. Cause like you said, you've never been high together. Like that's where, yeah. that's where change happened. Reform happened. So Jay, you were already in the process of saying your story. So you continue. Yeah, I know. And I feel like an asshole because I should have just let my beautiful wife jump nah. first. Um, <laughs> let me, uh, so I'll try Don't to do this. Get out. You're not time. getting out of this. Just go. Yeah. Oh, hell no. So for me, um, I started, let's see, uh, coming out of high school, I had damn near failed out because I didn't get enough fucking credits. I was more worried about party. So I wound up moving to a bigger city, going to an alternative school, and I crammed two years worth of school into one to graduate on time. You went to and Ypsilanti. Nope, nope. This was Marquette. Marquette, <laughs> Michigan. <laughs> but um, we get out. I get out of there. I'm 17 years old, and I was drawn to the dope scene, man. Like, I wanted up getting plugged into hustling pharmaceuticals and lo and behold you know fast forward a few years and i was a top tier middleman <laughs> <laughs> i wasn't the source you know Never i wouldn't just call myself a top tier middleman that's nice that's like extra medium but yes yes you understand <laughs> see i wasn't the source but man i sure had a fucking hustle and it got to the point man where like i was living with a, a mom and a daughter and I was watching these guys use needles. They were getting high intravenously all yeah. the time. And I watched this shit for over a year before I finally went, well, looks yeah. kind of fun. Let's yeah. see what, you know. And then suddenly I was, you know, I still kept my hustle. I, I sold dope through the whole time until I got clean. It was, they kind of go hand in hand, man. Like the hustle, that whole life is an addiction in itself. Yep. And then 
using the very fucking narcotics that are involved in that life is an addiction in itself. Um, I just, it was a dark place, man. And I had come to understand, got some kind of level of insight by the age of like 22, 23, like I am definitely worth more than this. Mm-hmm. And, and as much as I love the life at the same time, I had another part of me that was going, you are better than this. You know, you, you got to do better than this because you out here you fucking junked out. I mean, there was a point to where anything that could go into a spoon was going into my fucking arm. That's a problem for a grown Jesus. man. Now, wait, did you have a rock bottom moment when people say that they generally mean like an overdose, a jail sentence? Did you have one of those moments or you just were lucky that you came to this epiphany on your own? I did. I, I I mean, I had a few of them, but the ultimate one was catching myself in a hotel room wrapped around a bunch of uh, kids that were actually younger than me. I hung out with people that were older than me. So like that was something that sticks out to me still to this day. And we were all smoking meth. Oh, and shit. I'm not, you know, like I said, I'm a firm believer in pure transparency. So this is all shit from over a decade ago now, but it's a very real part of my past. And I remember just being in this moment, man. I remember looking around in this hotel room like, what the fuck am I doing with my life? <laughs> you know, no shit. And then sure as hell, I put myself in rehab, uh, calling around, trying to get funding for rehab. And I found a place that if I could make it down there in three days, I could go into rehab. So I did. And 16 hour bus ride. 16 hour bus ride. Oh. Did my last dope sale. <laughs> Fucking got on a bus got high for the last time with a needle in my arm on the way down and chose to try to completely submit myself to a different way of living. And it was hard at first, man, you, you know, um, trying to teach an old draw, the old dog, new tricks. Mm -hmm. You really, really got to be fucking willing to change yourself and be open to addressing your own level of fuckery. (laughs) Self inventory on another level. Right. And, (laughs) (laughs) so I did I did and then sure as hell man I'm up in there and I think I had been there for like five or six days which I mean feels like a lifetime when you're going through what I was going through and I had a a nice beautiful blossoming sunflower down the hallway from me and (laughs) I started I started playing into it man I'm like hey what's happening girl you know he got on my little playboy talk with uh the missus here and now I'm gonna uh, let that lead into her story. Yes, yes. Then the, we'll talk to the uh, the woman who was married at the time, Jessica. Yeah. <laughs> so, my story. Um, I had a pretty good life. I mean, grew up all right. My family. I was Christian, so I grew up in that kind of environment. Uh, my mom owned travel agencies, so I've traveled all over the world. Um, I love to travel. I I had a good life. It was when I met my ex-husband. Um, I loved to party. I loved to drink. I loved to have fun. I was 17, 18 years old. Um, and it was just that. And I met the wrong man at the wrong time. And I had two kids. We had two beautiful girls that mm-hmm. I love with all of my heart. And my husband, Jay, um, is actually a very huge part of their life. That's their dad. So I'm grateful for that. Um, but I went down a really dark path for... It was about two and a half years, um, and when I was pregnant with my youngest daughter, I was in already so deep that I couldn't stop, so I was using while I was pregnant, um, 
I was using opiates and painkillers. So I never tried a needle. I've never done meth. I've done Coke like once. Um, but my thing was painkillers, you know, Vicodin, Percocets, all that. I could take up to 30,000 milligrams a day. That's 30 pills, 1,000 milligram pills. Like, and I'm just a tiny little, you know, skeleton. So, uh, yeah, that was about two and a half years worth. And my daughter was three days old and that was, that was my rock bottom. I'm sitting in hospital. Like, what is wrong with you? You could have killed your daughter. And, uh, yeah, so I went into rehab. Uh, and because of the lifestyle that my ex-husband chose to continue to live during rehab and outside of rehab, it was just a very toxic environment, but Mm -hmm. I did, I fell in love with Jay in rehab. Um, it wasn't until we got out, you know, he went to his own place. I went to mine. We kind of stayed in contact. Uh, and then we just, it just happened. We just fell in love so easy. And it was through recovery. I think watching, a a man that actually wanted the same things I wanted, not only out of life, but out of recovery. I think actually that's what bonded us when people say it should bring you apart. um, It actually bonded us a lot. There was a point there where we were hitting four meetings a day. A day. uh, Together and and willingly, like we weren't court mandated. Nobody was telling us to fucking do this. It was where we were and the people that were at these meetings were the very thing that guided us to change who we were as people yeah Mm -hmm. now jessica when you see you you went to your place he went to his place like i know you don't mean physical like house just to your own places whatever not going somewhere together did you go back home to your ex-husband at that time i did i went back with him for about three months um and during that time i was being lied to i was i think naive enough you know i can say that now because i'm I'm strong enough now to say it, but back then I was physically weak, emotionally weak. It was just a really bad situation to be in. Um, And I don't want to put it all on my ex-husband because a lot, you know, it takes two to tango for sure. But he, it was a toxic situation. So I had to, I did what I had to do. Um, I left him. I took my kids and Jay was my safe haven. At that point, he had went back up to Marquette and uh, go ahead and so at that point, he went back up to Marquette and I went up there with him after about three months, I had left my ex-husband. And during yep. that period, like you said, you know, you guys are hitting meetings, you're staying in touch. That must have been another level of thing like for you to deal with, because even though you're done with your ex-husband at that time, there's still a sense of feeling like you're doing something wrong. Like there's some sort of betrayal. You're betraying your husband because you are in a relationship, yet you're talking to this other dude and feelings are developing for him. So is that another level of stress and confusion to deal with? Oh, absolutely. I think, um, absolutely. That's, I think ultimately what led me to saying, okay, this is, this is it. I obviously don't love my husband. If I can willingly open myself up to even talking Mm -hmm. to another man through one of the most difficult times in my life, Mm -hmm. there's already something wrong. But on top of the fact that I knew the information I knew, I just felt like enough was enough. Um, and I had to do what was best for me and my girls. Cause it wasn't just me at that point. I have two girls mm-hmm. who are very, very young. And Jay, what was so. it like for you during that? Oh, sorry, Jessica. I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, you're good. I was done. Okay. Okay. Uh, Jay. So what was it like for you yeah. during that time? Did, like, did you know Jess was in a relationship? Oh, absolutely. Listen, man, I was so fucking hip to what was going on like, <laughs> i was i had them conversations with her where i'm like 
listen, I am not expecting you not to go home and kiss your husband. Like, what, who the fuck am I to even ask that? You know me for a month or two. You're sitting here married. Uh, and don't get me wrong. It made me a little uncomfortable, but I had willingly went into this situation. Like, when I started talking her up, some of the first part I knew was that she was married, right? Mm. So, but it's funny because there was a point there where we had, I'd gotten out of rehab. She was out of rehab. I remember meeting her ex-husband at this point. I remember looking her dead in her face and I'm like, listen, he seems like an all right guy. And I need you to know, I can't fucking do this anymore. I'm oh, not going to do this man. to some guy who does flat out. He thought I was lying about the situation that I had been in. I mean, it took like a week or two after that. And I just started seeing everything. And I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> like, yeah. this guy is actually a piece of shit. I'm like, yep, there's my cosign. <laughs> Fuck him. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest though. At least when you were in rehab, you have to figure at that point, right? You've uprooted your lives. You've hit rock bottom. You're detoxing. Everything's fucked up. You're in an unhappy marriage. You're moving around the state. It has to feel like, bro, if, if ending up in a relationship that I shouldn't be in is the worst thing that happens to me now moving <laughs> forward, then I'm doing good. <laughs> no shit. It's been 10 years. That's ten the one. Years. And more backstory, just, just to add on, I don't want to go in deeper because this shit's so long ago. It feels weird almost to even dive in as right. deep as we have because it's such a part of our past, but it does help carve who we are today, essentially. So, but uh, I was in a homeless shelter at the time too. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I had the opportunity to go back home to the UP. They're going to give me a bus ticket back or they said they'd help me with a place to stay while I got housing and they would help me with all that. And they fucking tucked me into a homeless shelter that had zero help. So it was oh, a fuck. fucked up. And then Saginaw, Saginaw is like a really uh, grimy city. One of the worst in Michigan, as far as a reputation, you know, um, but we did it, man. You know, look at it like this. I'll conclude on that whole side of the journey with this. I don't give a fuck what you've done. I mean, I do, right? You touching fucking kids, we got a problem, all right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're just canceled. There's no coming back from that. Yeah, yeah you're fucking canceled, and I'm sorry, my guy. I don't care how much you change. There ain't much coming back from that. No, you don't me, change. Right, folks. No. Right, right, right. But you get where I'm going with it, right? Yeah, so buddy, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, the drug use, the fucking party lifestyle, the, um, let's say you're a playboy and you all here hurting women left and right. I understand like this is literally a fucking lifestyle or on the other side, a woman doing the same thing. Mm. We have the ability to change. All of us do, man, but I'm not going to bullshit you. It takes an unreal amount of dedication, constantly looking at yourself and reminding yourself you can't rely on your own fucking normal decision making because it got you here. Yeah. So you got to learn to to try something different and jump outside of your own comfort regularly to to be a different person you know was, was there a lot of uh difficulty trusting each other once you were once you guys were actually in a relationship because of so much obviously you're you're living in a fucking very dark world when you get to that point in life and you're va- around fucking the bottom of the barrel type people for the most part right so and there's they're scamming people every which way they can so did once you guys you know we're starting to think more clearly and you're in this relationship with each other was there a difficult time forming trust was there a lot of second thoughts from like either one of you about what this person's doing are they really telling the truth did you guys kind of have to look at each other like it was like a fucking test every single time you have a conversation um 
I think in the beginning it was that way for us Mm -hmm. because how couldn't it be? You know, I'm a married woman. If I could do this, how can't you again? Yeah. So I think just that and the basic elements of what kind of person you turn into when you're an addict. So an addict lies, right? They're liars. They're steel. They they're thievers. Um, Mm -hmm. There's just a lot of shady shit that you do when you get high. So you have to work around all that. Like, can I really trust this person who I just completely jumped in a relationship with? Oh yeah. It took probably two solid years for us to not search through each other's phones and not constantly question. Okay. Well, if you're, um, if you're leaving the house and not going to work, where are you going? Just little stuff like that. But I think that's normal too. And sometimes relationships where there's bumpy pasts, but yeah, mm-hmm. about two years, I'd say. We've been together for like 10 years. I think it's been comfortably six or seven since I've even thought like, oh man, I think my wife might be on some bullshit. Let's run through her phone. Mm-hmm. I don't touch her fucking phone, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, I, I just trust my wife. It, it, you know, I've we had to both kind of come to that realization. Like we have to take a leap of faith with each other. And I think that's what it is when you're trying to do a one-on-one relationship. I get we're in 2021, so you got monogamous shit and, I respect anybody that wants to ride the way they want to ride. That's cool. Me and wife here are kind of a, a one-on-one deal, right? So mm. we had to <laughs> we had to learn to do it like that. And um, I'm just grateful we went through all that darkness we had, man, because at the end of the day, still to this day, I get in conversations. I see her do the same thing with people that are currently struggling with like addiction or their mm. their other half, or you well, know. Imagine going to a battle rap event where a lot of people drink and party and that's our lifestyle i was just gonna ask that like is that has that ever been uh you know something that's uh either one of you been like oh you know i could really use blah 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 right now or is it something that you're so far away from or is it something as soon as you're around you cut away like because it it is a thing and it goes all the way from someone out at the event saturday night so they're having some beers because it's the weekend and you know they're gonna get drunk but that's all they do for the week all the way up to Fucking, and this is even talking shit about him. We love this dude, obviously. Lush uh, one, right? <laughs> like, fucking, that is the pinnacle of doing drugs. Like, hey, shout out to Lush one, by the way, while you say it, man. That is why I'm so bad. proud of his ass, bro, because yeah. the fact is, we did all watch him be a complete fucking, I mean, mm-hmm. he was just completely captivated by it drugs upsers downers drink it didn't matter what it was dog no. he was high on something all Sniff the time it, right? smoke it whatever the fuck you gotta yeah. do let's just do it yep and now he's not and, and it's not even just that he's not he's actually finding a way to carefully promote the opposite where it's like this man we don't have to live like that and and i don't and to be clear neither one of us are on like this oh god you oh, fuck okay so so you like to use cocaine on the right yeah now, huh? God, okay, we can't you. Now we just, you know, I we... think that's what I was gonna say is so um I'm a super pothead. I love marijuana. Um, but I didn't really start smoking until the last three years-ish, right? I really trusted my sobriety enough to say, okay, I'm so over that life. I had to because I'm a CNA, so I work around it. So I had to build that level of you either have it or you don't. You're either going to do it or you're not. You're going to live this great life that you want or you're not. And that's just the mentality that I think we've had to have. And so, yeah, I love smoking weed. That's never going to change. I'll do it on set. I'll do it all. But I think the fact that we're a business and this isn't just battle rap for us, for us, this is our business. It's our name. Um, So you can ask anybody that's ever met. We don't drink. We don't party. We don't do any of that. But we're going to have just as much fun as the guys that are. 
because we don't judge, you know, almost everybody that we know is getting down and having good and their drinks are filled and it's a good night and we'll have just as much fun as they are. Don't get me wrong. At first, there was uncomfortable moments. You know what I'm saying? You're, Being around alcohol. It was something I think we both kind of just built a tolerance to where we're like, okay, we understand that if we want to continue to be in this lane, because it goes hand in hand with the hip hop culture, which I feel like battle rap is under that umbrella. Yeah. Um, the party lifestyle, you yeah. know what I'm saying? So if we want to really be in this and fuck, I mean, like I said, I've been rapping since I was 14, did the battle shit, all that. It's not something I'm going to walk away from ever i don't ever see me walking away from hip-hop culture yeah. um i love it too deep you know and another thing that uh i don't know if it's caused like not cause problems but it's uh, it's another another obstacle to get around right in life like jessica you're not quiet about this you're diagnosed with cancer you've already said it once on the show like is there is there ever been times when you guys have had gigs or something like that and you're just too fucking tired or things have to get rearranged because of certain treatments or whatever what kind of issues has that um brought up in whether it be battle rap or any gigs you guys have right um so i'm lucky enough to have a super solid team we have a couple crew members that work with rose productions um they are rose productions you know foul kaida he's uh number three with us he's always on set he does amazing so there have been a few times that i couldn't go uh just this past week we had an event with our home league alpha and i had the flu thank goodness it wasn't covid but i was really sick for about 10 days and foul stepped up and my oldest daughter stepped up who's actually been going on set a little bit with us to the smaller gigs nothing too big i've seen that yeah. Yep. Just cause a couple battles, smaller gigs, just to feel her out. She wants to do it and we're going to totally support that. So I've had an awesome team to do that. Um, but something that we just can't allow is, is, um, as scary as cancer has been for me and my family, we've always tried to maintain our business through it because that's our livelihood at this point. Now we're relying on Rose productions because my income's been done since last March. So um, I think that's something we've had to rely on consistently. We don't get to reschedule anything. Jay has picked up such an overload of work that I have watched this man work 15 hour days, seven days a week lately to just make sure that we're staying consistent with our drops and that we're still able to go on set and work. Mm-hmm. And you're very yeah. vocal about it on social media, um, especially yeah. about being having the strength to get through it and stuff like that. Does one, does it help you vent like that to get those emotions out? And do you two, do you also find that this is something somebody who might be down in the dumps and they just need that kick in the ass kind of to help them yeah. get through even even the day, even the hour, whatever it may be? One day at a time. I've always said that for my sobriety, and I will say that for the cancer because this treatment that I'm doing now hasn't been as severe as the chemo was like, there's days where I couldn't get out of bed. There's days where, I mean, it's, it's been dark and it's been a whole year. So, um, it's been hard enough to navigate around that, but I know because of my sobriety that even if I can share my story and help one person get through that day, whether it's cancer they're dealing with or somebody they know has cancer or somebody they know died of cancer or my story with sobriety, um, even one person, that's why I share it because one person, one time, that's all it takes. I think we learned that in recovery too. Yeah. You know, we're taught, that's where it came we from. were legitimately taught like, 
how we continue to stay clean, how we continue to help others as strange as it may sound is literally by sharing our experience, sharing our story. Because when someone else hears that or reads that good and bad, they're able to relate with that and not feel so alone. And then in turn can also look for, okay, this is the problem I'm currently dealing with. So is this the solution I'm seeing? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, because that's what I was gonna say. In, in 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 a lot of in a lot of AA meetings, like I've, I'm I'm seven months clean now too, and I've been I had a good horrible for you. Salute Thanks, to you, bro. bro. Thanks, man. I, that, yeah, I've been deep for ten years to the to the anuses of addiction. Trust me. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, I was gonna say, after you 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 clean now for how long? It's been almost in September. It'll be ten years. So you clean for yeah, a while. But- you still you guys you guys still hitting meetings or you're spreading you using it the way it is on the social media and all that shit i think for us it was about five years in we had done a ton of service work we have done a ton of open talks we have volunteered um jay and i did a lot of work in saginaw for five straight years i think at that point uh we moved out of saginaw and um we were just ready to kind of live our lives and that's why i think we've been so vocal on social media because a lot of people from both of our pasts still deal with addiction to this day and we want them to know that they're not alone. Even if we're not in your city anymore, we can still call you or I can drive to you or we can still be there for you by helping share our story. And, and meetings, man, meetings. I got to clarify something because I, you know, you had just asked like about to... it. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Crow. No, it's so good. I was just going to say, I like to hear people like you say something like that because what stuck out to me a lot is when you said, this is what I'm going through and this is the solution. Because I've been through a lot of meetings where you walk in and walk out with more shit that you came in with because people oh just my God, cry. Fun. And that's why we had to stop. You know what I mean? It, it's, 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 it's not even that. I hear your problem. I want to hear your problem. I'll tell me how you dealt with it. Don't just tell me and tell me, sit there and say that life is shit and that's it. Over. Yes. And, you know what I mean? I like, I, 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 like to, I like to hear people with the solution, not just the problem. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, that was, listen, man. So we had the group that we had gotten into in Saginaw, I feel like was the only reason we got to where we are now because the group that we had linked up with believed in hyper recovery that you can actually recover faster you just got to put in the fucking work and it is an unreal workload to do but if you stay committed with it and you basically submit to this process you can do it and i do feel like i had actually recovered fairly quickly but it's about maintaining that shit right like how the fuck (laughs) do you maintain it and unfortunately man meetings there are so many toxic fucking meetings out here where real, like you just said, you walk in and it's a fucking problem for an hour. And, and I've seen from what we see on TV to what our thought or idea of a meeting is, however we've heard it is usually not a positive thing. We all tend to think of a meeting as a, a dark fucking room, a bunch of drunks and addicts sitting around complaining about their fucking problems. And why they can't. The group that that's been my experience in a lot of rooms, man. Yeah, and see, that's it right there. And that shit will kill motherfuckers because at the end of the day, you don't need to go to a room to get that. You get that in your fucking living room when you're getting high anyway, right? Mm. So this is where the group that taught us had taught us that when we go to meetings, we bring a solution. And they literally, man, had us traveling six hours sometimes. I mean, we did um re- retreats um on the other side of the state open talks they were big on open talks getting up and sharing your message strength and your hope like how you got through it 
Facts, facts. We had a a sponsor that was actually willing to take us both on, and I'm sure that was a hell of a load on him, but he had a, um, he'd be great, man. He'd be like, hey, uh, all right, uh, Jess and Jay, we're going to uh, Bay City today. We're going to go bring a message of hope to um, uh, Save the Souls meeting. You know, that's literally how we talk with us. We need to go bring a message of hope because these fucking rooms are lacking it. Jesus. And he's still doing it. It is. it, it's it, I, I know only one meeting you know what I mean I could go to meetings like I, 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 I go through therapy you know what I mean like I have a therapist and shit I see once a week right now because it's still right but um, I quit going to meetings because the only good meeting like that like what you're talking about solution and shit is in Toronto like a hundred kilometers away from me everybody around me here just bitches you know what I mean and the, the, the thing you're the things you're saying about a meeting that you like wherever it was is very similar to a Toronto thing right and the, the reason that works you need to have a lot of sobriety in a room but at work, but when people sit there and bitch and cry, right, the, the leader would just call them out and be like, well, what are you doing about it? Because this is a solution. This is what you should be doing. And then yeah, you can't, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? They call you and you, they call you on your bullshit. They call you on your bullshit and they give you a solution, right? Which is pretty simple. You're just sitting there fucking lying to yourself. Yeah, yeah. No, and that's a, it, absolutely it, man. It's crazy because at the end of the day, addiction, I feel like even when I got into rehab 10 years ago, right? I mean, this shit was over a decade ago now. When I got in then, we still had such a stigma on addicts and like that you were a certain type of individual. I feel like in 2021, we've kind of come to the understanding globally that this shit affects everybody, man. It don't give a fuck where you came from, what color you are, what you believe, what your religion is. It don't care if you're a homosexual or you're straight. Sorry to stop you for one second. If we start talking about different walks of life, I had a I had a sponsor from that group in Toronto that I'm talking about. He's one yeah. of the ten. He's one of the ten surgeons that do liver transplants in Ontario. Exactly. And he went to exactly. jail for shooting. He went to jail for shooting a meth dealer in the chest. He's a fucking medical doctor, liver transplant surgeon. Wow. See, that's a great example. That was a prime fucking example. Man, I had seen some of the meetings we went into. Um, I mean, we met doctors, we met nurses, um, we met uh, people within the courts. Yeah, we met an attorney that helped me on a custody case with my ex-husband going to the tables. Holy yep. shit. Yes. Yep. This attorney literally helped us get custody of our babies, man. Yep. Like, yes. it's, it, yes. this shit touches everybody. So to turn around and act like like it, I guarantee even everybody on this line right now either has somebody connected to them within their family or a friend of a friend that knows that they are really dealing with this shit. And that's how bad, big addiction is right now. And drug abuse. Let me say it like that. Yeah. Right. They became a point to where I think it was like glorified publicly so much between music and Mm-hmm. And now it's coming to a point where people are starting to realize, like, we're, we're actually low-key killing ourselves by continuing to submit mm-hmm. to this, I got to get fucking high all the time lifestyle. Yeah. This whole, this whole lean wave, you know what I mean? All of this shit came yep. through. I remember, I remember the uh, interview he had on uh, Breakfast Club. And I yeah. think it was Breakfast Club, but I want to say it wrong, but I think it was there. And I'm pretty sure Charlamagne, but he was just like, so how does it feel like to be a hustler in a generation? Yeah. Mm-hmm. because they were literally mm-hmm. promoting the shit they were literally they were literally promoting the shit you know what i mean like mm-hmm. let's discipline and that's a short 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 form of heroin man you're a step away you're still gonna fucking sketch out very, very bad you're gonna hurt very bad absolutely i remember last or not last year it was, it was sometime like a few years ago we we're still living where we are now you know going through what we went through um our daughters had like a play phone 
and then the neighbor, what it was, was the neighbor girl had her phone. It was a real serviced phone. I walk outside of my house. I hit the corner and they're doing a video and I walk in on the video and the video they're doing, they're recording themselves on the phone and they're repeating Molly, Molly, Percocet, Percocet. Now I'm like, Ugh. that's what I'm saying. Exactly. Exactly. My Bro, they were like eight. Oh, <laughs> Eight years. Oh, I'm like, oh my yeah. god! Nope. This is, is we're cutting this shit in the bud right now. Nope. Yeah. We, that is off limits. And this is where we had to start being more conscious of what we were even playing around the children. It's like YouTube. I mean, the fucking radio <laughs> plays it. You know, I yeah. can. For me, if I just even put on the radio, you're still hearing some of that shit on public radio right now. Yeah. So, as far as your your kids i like uh, jessica you said that you had two from a previous relationship so i assume they they are the oldest do any of them have any idea of your past like have you spoke openly to them about it or you know trying to teach them things right those those sit downs uncomfortable sit downs parents have to have with their kids whether it be sex drugs whatever it may be gave right. them a little bit of insight yeah um we're always really honest with our kids because my belief is if you're honest with them and help them understand like and give them all the facts then they can make a base decision otherwise if you say no 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 to everything in life all they're thinking is yes 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 by the time they walk out my door at 18 years old Mm -hmm. so I've I've always been as honest with I can, as I can with them um they were kind of put in the spotlight that children shouldn't be put in uh, with my ex-husband in custody court. So a lot of stuff was forced to be in their ear. Um, so I'm sure that played a role as to how much they knew at the age they are. Um, Mm. but yeah, Jay and I are very honest about both of our past to help them understand, like there's multiple ways of life and you have to choose which one you're going to take. You know, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not like I'm like, Hey, baby, I was a fucking junkie uh, or trying to break <laughs> yeah. down like Don't say the, that. the depths of what I was actually doing. But just that, you know, we, we kitty version it to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah I hope so. <laughs> Listen, so wait, I, I saw one of your one of your minis was out with you last month. Is that come to work with mom and dad day? Is some, somebody's actually interested in what you guys are doing or like what's happening there? Yep. So our oldest daughter is really interested in filming. She loves the aspect of it, but she's also an artist. So she's on the, I'm about to get her the iPad that you can draw on because she's actually really good. Um, So yeah, she went on set with us. We brought her to a local event of ours where we know the people, they're all our family with Alpha. We trust everybody, Um, you know, and it's just at our building that we've all recently purchased with the league enterprise um so yeah yep she was on set with us and she's gonna be a mini rose production soon enough she's so hip yeah it's so cool because she's so hip to like what's going on we'll put on a battle uh like times versus marv one it's like oh daddy that's times yeah that, that's times <laughs> goes, oh there's dollar in the background and there's this person <laughs> like, they'll start calling people out facts and i, I think that's so dope yep <laughs> Yeah. Are there are there uh, some battles though that you just can't let them watch yet? Like like Pat Absolutely. versus Marv. That comes there, to mind. 
Yeah, there's a ton of battles <laughs> that the girls have to watch. Jay puts the headphones on when he edits, um, especially some of our local stuff because Detroit can get pretty crazy at times. <laughs> yep. So the one that she went to was a one round battle. Um, it was in our Alpha Arena. It's something that we're doing biweekly right now, every Sunday night. It's three battle cash prize winners. So we knew that it'd be okay enough to bring them in for the for the one time. Well, and the thing, dude, the way she stole us, you got to realize she actually sold us. Yeah, so <laughs> because though I'm in headphones often, uh, often I'm not as well. And we've been doing this battle rap thing for four years now, filming battle rap, editing battle rap. So, she, oh, I want to come to the event. Nah, baby, listen, it's, you know, it's just not the environment we want you in. Well, well, what do you mean, daddy? Well, you know, it's a lot going on. There's stuff I really don't want you to hear. Daddy, I have heard you edit battle rap for four years. I'm pretty sure I've heard about everything I could hear. <laughs> <laughs> like, goddamn, you salesman, 11 years old. All right, no sold. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> she, she's going to be the sales rep for your company. Act. Well, and listen, like we, it's something, I mean, this might be a good time to get on, Uh, I mean, just kind of tip our toes in, but we have, just started setting up a separate part of our business where we're printing uh, vinyl. We're going to be heat pressing our own stuff. And we have uh, a couple of designs. We have worked with artists on making for full-time merchandise that, I mean, doesn't have Rose productions on it, like a studio junkie, for instance, we have a line like that. We have another one called I am goat. Um, yeah. On top of some of the stuff we say, like if you guys are following our social medias, um, something you'll see me say all the time is rising grind. Yeah, I see that all the time. Yep, that is uh something that's you know that's us, man. Like, and people know us for that. And the same thing with uh, man, what's happening, champion? Nobody mm -hmm. else says that shit. So it's something that we can actually in turn market as us. Yeah. You know, so yeah. we're going to be selling T-shirts, hoodies, hats, pan. We're going to be making that shit ourselves. All right. Yeah. How are people going to get it? Like, how are they ordered? Do you guys have that figured out for when you're uh, ready to release whatever line you're going to? No, we will be doing some level of e-commerce with it. Um, but for like, because we're literally just set up the cutter today. We just got the heat press today. Yeah. So what we'll probably do is some... Uh, dry runs um essentially if all we're waiting on right now is the vinyl so this stuff's supposed to be here by thursday you best believe we intend to go into that kotd event with a little bit of merch <laughs> <with that. laughs> uh, you have to you have to and then at oh. the same cost too i have to tap in on this angle the biggest reason we're going on this man is because the kids are starting to want to be involved and maybe not necessarily in filming or you know, we're firm believers in multiple streams of income, um, yeah. not just film and edit. We will, if it makes sense, we'll make it happen. And um, our other baby, our youngest daughter, loves clothing, designing and all that shit. So the moment she heard that she could actually make money oh, with us by making gear, oh, mm -hmm. she was on board fully. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> are any are any of you or your kids artists like I mean like like pencil to paper type artists or painting type artists? Yeah, my oldest, the one that was on set with us, that was the oh. one I was talking about. Her graphic design skills are, I mean, I have no idea where she gets them from because I am not. So she is an amazing <laughs> artist. You do great stick figures. Yeah, stick figures. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, babe. <laughs> That's confidence. <laughs> and you already so have the logo. Sorry, go ahead. I'm going to make you a stick figure family cookie. 
Thank you. Oh. That is so nice. Oh, yo, did you guys <laughs> see awesome. the, the KOTD cookie and talk back the other day? Yeah, no, it's crazy because that's Amy. That was yeah, Amy. I, I realized oh, that okay. it's wild. I didn't know if it'd be the time to do what I was going to do it privately after, but I'll just say it now. When I had seen Amy's name in here, because when you look at the bottom of the call, oh, right. you see Jason yeah, yeah. right? It all mm. clicks for me. Amy, I have low key <laughs> been watching you from a distance for years now. Like, oh, for real, up. for real. Yep, I, I know what your face looks like. I know you got the curly hair. I know, like, <laughs> I seen the name and I went, oh my goodness, this is her. And I seen your post the other day making that incredibly perfect fucking KOTD cookie. No, what do you mean though? Thank, thank you. First of all, thank you. But following me where? I mean, like in the sense of, uh, you know, we... All right. My motto when I'm on Facebook and if I'm getting, I don't know how, I think we're friends. I got to assume we're friends. Well, I've seen you. And then maybe it's just in the KOTV group or something, but your name and your face and your name um, uh, stuck with me somehow. It's not like, I don't think I've ever actually went to your wall or nothing to look, but your name isn't new to me. And when I seen the profile pic attached with the cookie, I, you know, correlated like I've seen you before, at least on social media. It's got to be in one of the groups. Look here, look here. I'm, I'm gonna blow your mind. This is why I'm jokingly calling you creepy. I have never, I've been a member of, of Talkback since like 2014, 15, 16. I have never posted, that was my first post. But oh, you've commented on shit. <laughs> I have Shut commented up. on shit. I've never commented on any of your shit. Um, I see you guys in there, uh, but I've never posted in Talkback. I rarely comment on shit unless it's posted by somebody I personally know. And, I and we're not friends on Facebook. Like I'm a Facebook super creeper. But I've, been a, I've been a social media. I've been a social media oh, professional God. for over a decade. Listen, so, like, I did, I literally just went to your page to actually now stalk you, and I see we aren't friends. And yeah, this picture, <laughs> this yeah. picture right here, I have definitely seen your face within somewhere. I don't know how the fuck. I... <laughs> That's just hilarious. No, I'm I'm flattered. I'm not creeped out. I'm getting, I'm busting your balls. I mean, send me a friend request. But uh, but that's hilarious. And um, oh, honestly, I was gonna give you a hard time later, actually, because Jason loves to put me on the spot at the end of shows and be like, uh... "Amy has a million random questions," <laughs> and because I always do because I'm an asshole. So, uh, but what I was gonna jokingly or not so jokingly say later. Um, Y'all need to come down on your day off sometime to Ohio because I'm not that far from you. I'm in Columbus. And yeah. do some fucking nice ass shots for me and I'll send you home with the cookies you shoot. Uh, that's <laughs> that's it. Possible. I don't think they work for cookies. Or any other things I make. No, but if he's that good a creeper, he's seeing that I do this for a living. I'm telling you, Amy, I told you the show to do, it's on video, KOTD Kitchen. There you go. You already got two guests. That would be fire, though. Low yeah. key, people would fucking attend to that. I swear to it. Listen, we've been to Ohio multiple times on jobs. Uh, last year alone, I think we've been there three times on yep. work. We were just so, there going to Atlanta. I'm yeah, sorry. we had went through Ohio for Atlanta, but we've done a couple mm -hmm. battle rap events in Ohio. Um, Dallas Cash, actually on the card coming up. We went down and stayed with his family for a whole last weekend and did a video with him. Yep. Um, yeah, so we'll make it happen. There you go. Perfect. You know, and, and, and Amy, you wouldn't even have to do it from home. We could, you can find a kitchen anywhere. 
I'm telling you, that's the show. You that's just not- need a real big budget. Yeah. I cannot really explain to you guys without trying without sounding psychotic, probably, how against this idea I am, but I will tell you this. If somebody makes every part of it happen other than me physically showing up and moving my lips, then I will I will attend that event and I will host it. <laughs> That's great. I'm telling you, it'd be great. And once so- we talk Poison Pen and every and Lush and all of our other connects that are somehow connected to the entire fucking world into helping us, then we'll have a special Action Bronson episode. Yeah. Right? Let's Man, see. you know how dope it'd be to be like in the middle of run run my fade and we just finished watch time smoking snakes i'm just gonna say that's gonna fucking happen <laughs> um, but and after that we cut to amy in the kotb kitchen <laughs> with, with infused cookies and shit like bruh making vid cookies i was gonna say yes all right you you have your people called ganic and gully's people and you let me know when we start <laughs> you know you know what makes me so mad though is that i keep living in all these fucking places where the edible market is non-existent or so regulated you can't really um as a non like huge commercial corporate entity break into it because there's so much money to be fucking made there and like I, I, I honest to God, like I'm not a hobby baker. I'm a pastry chef. Like I went to school for this shit. I can make it actually taste good and fuck you up. But I don't, I've never lived anywhere where I can actually do that for a living. Right. right, right. I am such a pothead. I don't know if it's my tolerance or if I just haven't had the right edible, but I have yet to eat an edible that will actually get me fucked up. Uh, me you know. too. Yo, I, 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 I fucking 1,200 milligrams at once one night. Like, you're an idiot, though. Jason. It wasn't like some homemade <laughs> shit, some bullshit. It was like legit. I had 1,200 milligrams at once, and I was like, if this doesn't work, nothing works. Because this comedian, James, he said that he the most fucked up he ever got was eating 1,200 milligrams at once. I ate 1,200 milligrams at once, and I got I was smoking too, and I got fucking tired and just had a real nice sleep. And I, back wow. around, I was like, I'm fucking done with it. But I, I've looked into it. And apparently the psychoactive chemical it, it produces after it goes through your liver, some people it doesn't affect. And I was like, that yeah. sounds like it's got to be bullshit. But I've tried everything and it does not Me work. Me too. You know Me what, too. Though, Jason, so much. At least for Jason, Jason eats at least 10 times the amount of food a normal person does. And no That's bullshit. True. Like, I'm not joking. <laughs> so it is, it is completely possible. Much like drinking, that like, I mean, it goes to your blood. It goes into your bloodstream. There's there's a whole mechanism to how this works. But like, there is also this thing where if your body is absorbing 7,000 grams of food in addition to 10 milligrams at a time of THC, THC may not make it where it needs to go quickly enough. (laughs) Right. (laughs) That's true. Very true. Um, I I was on under that impression too then i had a thousand milligrams at kelly's house and i hallucinated yeah he, oh, was, no. yo, he looked like he was on fucking old school ecstasy it was amazing. <laughs> and you know what's even better raspberries taste he, like snozberries he had coloring on, on his chest tattoo that day so he's all fucked up we're watching ufc and he's, he's basically like eyes rolling in his head like fucking purple pills d12 type shit and he scratches his chest. He's like, I'm so itchy. I said, I got aloe vera gel. Oh, my God, do you? Can I have some? I was like, of course you can. He just soaks his hands in it, scratching his chest. Oh, this is so nice. It's like, holy fuck. I, 
I want to be like that on edibles. Yes, no. please. Listen, and for the record, for the record, man, like as much as we are uh, recovery, we'll not fuck with certain things ever again and not even give a second thought to it. Um, both of us are firm believers in the use of uh, hallucinogens. So, oh, yeah, like mushrooms or like MDMA or well, MDMA isn't really a hallucinogen, but I would yeah, go more like the psilocybin mushrooms to LSD to peyote to DMT to whatever is going to connect you to the other fucking dimension. Yeah. <laughs> He's out here looking for peyote in the fucking desert. Listen, that would be me. You show me a marker spot and I will go and retrieve that shit. All right. Jeezy, <laughs> Arizona can never book you. You'll be busy looking for peyote. The whole fucking time, man. Like they're they're gonna hate me. Please, please don't go all burning man on us. <laughs> Listen, in moderation, all right. Like uh, you can have quite the beautiful uh enlightening experiences on hallucinogens. I feel like it's different once you like elevated your mind state to a point where you're not just trying to get fucked up anymore you know like we're us we're not trying to get fucked up um for me it's like i want to i don't know man just touch a different dimension and me fucking slamming cocaine into my arm is not going to do that yeah. <laughs> no yeah yeah sorry go ahead Krill. have you noticed if you if you, if you did, did, did i was gonna say no slamming cocaine does not do that but the um, <laughs> uh, I know on uh, on mushrooms and psilocybin or whatever it is, right? Uh, the when I get high, I'm trying to uh, I'm really trying to unplug and go to a different dimension, right? And uh, like I, I went as far as seeing like jump geometrical progressions into you know what I mean? Like you you you, you I've heard Joe Rogan say that you that he's been um, he's talked to people that got uh, experienced trips on DMT where they actually reality sip out you know what i mean like they, 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 they've, they've entered something else have you have you looking for something like that have you experienced something like that that is personally that is exactly what i'm looking for um i mean i love the the giggles the haha um absolutely adore color changing like everything is chameleon and bending at the same time but um at the end of the day like the last time i personally tripped um i had taken probably 200 micrograms of lsd and then a f like five hours into that i tried dmt for my first time mm. and mixed them and i had gotten on a very similar path where i just closed my eyes laid back and i went into i don't know man it was a combination of geometrical madness and eyes <laughs> i don't know how else to say it but <laughs> right? um it was like Did i was breathing and not breathing geometry has something to do with it no all these shapes pop up and they're they're very very distinct and very like i, I, I don't yes. know how to explain them, but if you've seen them you know what i'm talking about i want one of you to get a kaleidoscope just to have on hand <laughs> yeah, oh god, that, that's basically what it is. It kind of turns your real eyes into like a live but imagine kaleidoscope. Looking through a kaleidoscope while your eyes are doing that, I would probably fall in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's beautiful, man. It's be but again, you just got in moderation, man. If you're doing that shit all the fucking time, you're probably going to be burnt out and useless. To you know, you're not going to be a productive member of society. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, imagine being a fucking, I've joked about this with my friends for years, right? That uh, The type of person who's addicted to mushrooms. Like, I can't start oh my, my, my day with a fucking three grams of mushrooms. That's an oh addiction God. I could never understand. I don't even think that's fucking possible. Imagine how weird of a person you'd be. Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, I knew somebody who had uh, done themselves out on E. And, mm. 
you know, they're bro to this day. They are still Something not right. I mean, he's, <laughs> his whole life's falling apart. He, I don't know if he'll ever get it together. I hope he does, but um, he, he's just—he's a little slower, you know. I mean, that shit pickles your brain. Yeah, fucking a. He's super weird, but super funny, but super loving, and just all over the place. It's different. But he'll like come up missing and shit sometimes, man. I get messages like, man, if you talk to him, like, man, it's been a month. Well, he left, you know, supposed to come right back. It's now been like three days. <laughs> I'm like, God damn. I'm I'm just grateful we're not in it like that, <laughs> you know? Yeah, and especially too, like with what you're into now, uh, that doesn't really attract the, the dark characters that, you know, either of your guys past did. Um, do you have you talked to other people you're friends with other people or into into psychedelics or like even you know relationships you formed online where people can talk more about because krill talks a lot about this shit like you guys are talking about right now getting that that fucking different level of connection it's not about just getting fucked up it's about an experience and yeah like have you have you formed relationships with other people or or over the years talk to other people about that like you mentioned joe rogan i mean joe rogan i don't think you have on fucking speed dial right Right, but of course. Actual not. people you connect to. No, but it is. I mean, I'm sure Krill is probably referring to the entire community. There is an entire community that is on this reaching a higher dimension. And uh, my nephew is one of them. Like, yeah. he's fully engulfed in this. Um, awesome. Yeah, beautiful human being, man. Yeah. He is. Um, but at the same time, it's we have some friends that are into it like that but it is, it almost goes directly against trying to succeed as a fucking business. So it's not something we've, unless we're in that realm trying to succeed as a business, right? Because mm. the last thing somebody wants to, oh man, I got the most important event in my life. And you're like, oh man, can you get five sheets of LSD? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So like yeah. literally even this conversation as public and yeah, I just believe in transparency, but um, yeah. we don't, I don't know. We don't really hang out with that many people. We're like family people and uh, kind of our battle rap people. And yep, and we fucking grind on our business. We yeah. want financial freedom. We want to leave a legacy behind. And yeah. um, unfortunately, they kind of don't go hand in hand. <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately, what's that, girl? Yeah, not usually. Oh, not usually, no. <laughs> No, no. So like, we don't shit. It's funny. I guess we probably been more vocal on this because I don't even think I've openly talked about this, uh, maybe, but with one other person in the year yeah. 2021. <laughs> yeah, so for some some shit comes I, on at the building. Yeah. And at the yep. building downtown, people get to talking. You see this by the time we leave this, man, I will have lost every client. Customer. <laughs> <laughs> every bit of success I thought I was once going to reach. I'm going to be like, no, you're a fucking junkie, bro. Not, you know, not, not <laughs> Fredo algebra. I was about to say, Fred, yep. Yep. Fredo algebra. Go ahead, Amy. No, well, he, Fredo was really looking forward to coming on our show. And um, I just said that, like, he probably left, like, he was sad he came on. He was not. <laughs> it was a great show. But um, we didn't, unbeknownst to us, he, there apparently were things he didn't intend to talk about. And um, as it generally ends up going, um, that didn't happen that way. And so all I did was ask a couple simple, very, very broad questions. And, um, he decided that he told us about getting court-martialed and, and being the person to get the first, what was it? Bin Laden information? Yeah. I don't remember what it was. It 
yeah, and yeah. He's like, I don't know why I told you all that. Yeah, <laughs> and we're just was, like, well. He was working IT in the Navy and fucking he was intercepting emails from bin Laden about 9-11 before 9-11, like days before it. Yeah, and he told us, this, yeah, he's like, this is classified information. I'm never supposed to talk about it. He's like, I don't know how the fuck you guys got me talking about this. And you know what? He just let off this, all this information. He told us about the Delta coming in, landing on the, the aircraft carrier out in the fucking middle of whatever ocean or whatever they were in and coming in. And they took all the hard drives and they cleaned everything and made them sign classified documents. It's like, what the fuck, wow. man? Yeah, so, so don't don't feel you bad. You guys is what safe. I'm Yeah, you're good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, listen. I look at it like this, man. We wear our hearts. No, not at all. Because we wear our hearts on our sleeve, and that is all that is to it. Again, I'm a firm believer in uh, being honest, just being transparent. Obviously, there's a time and a place for certain things, and maybe this wasn't the time and place. But you know what? It <laughs> happened. <laughs> we did it. We're there. You know. Um, I would like to say though, because I want to make sure that we give a shout out man like this run the fade card that is happening right now mm. you look at that fucking card and like 80 percent of it are people that we have built and grown strong relationships with i think and there's two people we haven't met personally on that whole card yeah yeah and it's have actual relationships with right right yeah. and that is incredible man every one of them individually times stack almighty uh piranha you know piranha's our people he's actually on alpha league staff um vicious michigan dallas cash uh Ampos. like we got so much love for all these people individually so to see it all concentrated on the same card and be able like this fucking card is a match of juggernauts in my opinion so quiet uh and dallas cash makes me fucking get real excited and michigan yeah. especially i i was such a big fan of his and then he had some problems and issues and stuff and he slowed down the run he was on a few years back and it's yeah. nice to see him start popping up here and there again because he was on a fucking tear he was becoming a serious threat and he was making a home in KOTD and uh, if he wouldn't have ran into certain issues um, I'm not going to be like yo he would be a fucking chain holder well I guess a belt holder now but whatever right, right? I, but I mean he definitely would have made some big fucking noise in KOTD um, yeah. I'm excited as fuck to see him back yeah, no, absolutely, man. And I, I understand the issues. I'm hip to them as well. Mm. Um, it's a battle on Alpha uh, last month and his opponent backed out. Yep, we had him on Alpha last month. Is is our backed out. We've actually filmed, I think, um, I mean, at least a couple of his battles. But Michigan is one of them guys, man. You look at his resume. Dude's got like 40 fucking battles. Mm -hmm. Um, They may not all be like, oh my God, but I'm going to tell you right now, anything I've heard from him in the last year um, is right back on like, bro, you need to keep coming. You need to keep, you know, going at it the way you are because he brings a level. Me personally, as a fan, uh, as a fellow lyricist, like if you listen to my music, you're going to hear me rap in a way almost like I'm talking to you. I don't try to like, oh, I'm going to change my voice, you know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I rap like I talk and I want to feel that when I'm hearing somebody else do that. Um, and Michigan's one of them people like he starts fucking hitting his rounds and you're listening to a story. Mm -hmm. And Andre 3000 said it best, man, years mm -hmm. ago. Hip hop is the art of storytelling. That is what Michigan does. He is a storyteller and he's very fucking good at it. Andre 3000. I like that name drop. He's one of my fucking favorites of all time.
What did you, when did you start rapping? Like, at, like not just battling, but like actually rapping. Like around like what time frame? Fourteen. Fourteen years old. Um, well, I had what, to do a bang. Let's see. What years? Two thousand two. Two thousand two. Two thousand three. Yeah. Okay, so I assume then if you were like 14 years old, then you, uh, you came up on nineties hip hop a little bit. And then the, what spewed over in the early two thousands or like what, what not necessarily guys influence you to rap a certain way, but what artists coming up were you fucking like a massive fan of? I mean, I had, I was, a uh, I loved finding the next new thing when I, when I was in the UP, it's weird, man. It's such an isolated fucking place. So I had learned through time, like we'd hear a song up there on the radio, for instance, mm. and come to find out it's brand new to us. That shit's been playing down in Detroit for the last eight months. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like, that is, back then. Yeah, YouTube wasn't around. It was more like I was the fucking guy burning CDs, giving them to my friends. Like, I was that guy too. <laughs> Yo, I love that shit. Like I, I prided myself. Um, you know, we pride ourselves on bringing the music to somebody's ears that we feel is going to yep. appreciate it. Yep. <laughs> you know, I remember, yo, Fifty Cent is a perfect example of that. I was burning Fifty Cent mixtape shit for like my friends on on little mix CDs I'd make, and it wasn't like I was trying to be some sort of DJ. It was just I was the guy who was tapped into hip hop from a very young age, right? So, the the Fifty Cent shit. There were a few of my friends when uh, in the club dropped, and he signed a M and and Dre. People, were, yep. they, they were like certain friends of mine, like yo, I've been listening to this guy for like three years. I'm like, yeah, because of me. That's the yeah, only right. fucking reason. <laughs> Let's clarify this, motherfucker. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but that's a great uh, example. 50 Cent was one. I mean, he, like, uh, would get Richard I trying. Yeah, I know that's a lot of people's favorite of 50. And for me, that was a, a great album to show an entire body of work. So where you, you put the fucking CD in, the first track right to the end, you almost feel like you're getting taken through a book chapter by chapter. Um, I love that album. That was one of them. I felt like that was the same song all over. I mean, it's a great, it's one of my favorite albums, but I, 50s remixing the same song a lot. It's all like tough gangster shit and it's, it, it's consistent. You know what I mean? It's, I don't know. I feel like um, as, a, as a complete body of work, uh, 50 wasn't, I don't know. What do you, what do you have there for, like he had, a, he had one female song, right? And the rest of the shit was like, I mean, it's a great album, but I feel like, like I said, it's the same song remixed. Which album? Yeah, yeah. I just don't feel that, you know. Um, per, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's some songs I'm not fucking with that got that sound, and it tends to be the radio play ones. I mean, I like I fuck with many men. Into Club was cool when it dropped. I hated the song after some time. It was like, stop fucking playing this shit, please. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, but uh, you there was saying you bad. hate that. Yeah, oh, <laughs> you say you he no, no, no. Fifty was saying he hated, he hates in the club. Now he's like, I wish that one would just drop because everywhere I go, everybody wants me to do it, and I'm fucking sick of it. Yeah, he says oh, everywhere, God. everywhere he goes, people just yell at him like fans from across the street. Go, shorty, it's your birthday. And he said he's so sick of hearing that shit. I can imagine, man. You know, but he he's a beast in my opinion, and it was, I guess, it was the whole camp, man. You talk about what was coming out at that time uh, that was attached to like fifty to um, the M's album drops. D twelve, D twelve was a big one for me. Um, M oh, obviously, man. yeah, yeah. M's, oh yes, white lyricist. But that wasn't why I was so drawn to him. For me, it's his word. It was his fucking wordplay, man. His ability to hit multi-syllable shit was new back, to me, back, back. and the ability to switch up a pattern. So many motherfuckers you'd hear would be stuck in like the same rhyme pattern and 
you know, one song to the next pretty much sounds the fucking same. At that time, I wanted whatever was coming out next out of that camp. I wanted it. I didn't care if it was Obi, if it was a D12 album, an M album, a Dre album, a Snoop album. I didn't give a fuck. There was something fire coming from these guys. Mm-hmm. The game really fucked that whole thing up. Yeah, yeah, but and it was weird because the game was so fire too in his own element. I didn't feel like he was as good at first. I didn't feel like he was as good as he was put up to be. He kept going, and I he gained my respect the same, man. He's a fucking monster. And yeah, they had like the G Unit thing. I even jammed their CDs, you know. Um, what was it like? Beg for Mercy. Yeah. Uh, I forget the names of the other ones. Beg for Mercy was the only one that was good, I think, through and through. Facts, facts. I wasn't a big fan of Yayo personally, but even what? like a lawyer. <laughs> I don't know. Nobody was Yayo's fan. <laughs> right, right. We were forced <laughs> to kind of listen to you, my man. Uh, but like <laughs> Lloyd Banks. Free. That's all. Mm. Lloyd Banks is a fucking lyricist. Like that mm. dude, he's missing something as well. But lyrically speaking, you break down his content and, and he's a genius. He's a lyrical genius, in my opinion. One of them, you know, like. Oh, yeah. Monster. Yeah, Banks is the best. Fifty, of the was, group. 50 was saying that he's too lazy. He smokes. He smokes weed and writes lyrics all day. He doesn't want to come out shoot He doesn't want to come out promote. He kind of sounds like he does, bro. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, that's 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 what Fifty said. Is that he's the punchline king? He smokes weed and writes punchline. Are you, a, Jay? Are you a fan of like uh, uh, like Chris Webby and Apathy and Nems and those dudes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically. I can damn near get onto anything. I got such an open mind when it comes to it. Um, but the the music that I'm not a fan of, it would probably be easier to cover because the the new drill style that's, I mean, there's some good shit out there. Like King Von had some shit that I got turned on to. I want to fall in fucking love with. Um, Scory, he's got some good shit. But past that, man, I feel like a lot of this shit just sounds like a remix version of the last song. And it's literally shoot 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 pop this pop that get high bitches and it's like all right man i have heard this regurgitated five million fucking ways since i was in my fucking diapers (laughs) like yeah there's gotta be a new way yeah the names you just mentioned i've never even heard of um i'm so fucking far to the loop on that bullshit like you're explaining right now because i want i've 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 called myself for a long time a hip-hop snob like if you're not coming with fucking right away i'm going to compare you to not everything like some things are just for fun but like if you're coming out you're trying to make hip-hop i'm like well how are you compared to Nas? how are you compared to illmatic that's not a fair comparison but i'm that asshole so i'm with you there i'm not i'm not into that regurgitated bullshit zero lyricism zero anything the reason i was asked about the chris webby thing because as you were talking about the music you would make and everything you kind of sound like chris webby your voice does and uh, not you saying like you'd be anything like him. And then I was like, yo, you fucking guys kind of look alike. It's like, I, could see, I could see you spitting like the lyrical shit the way him and apathy and Nems and all those guys get down. Listen, man, we're here. Join mm-hmm. the Lucas or Macklemore. Yeah, I fuck with both. I believe Macklemore is one that uh, he kind of got the shade because of his um, radio play. But all his non-radio play songs, they've got con- uh, most of them got substance to them. Look, um, he's not going to listen to you. I've tried this. <laughs> Good day. It ain't the first time I've had that conversation either. <laughs> listen, there, I could put you on to some fire. Like, make the money. I love Joiner. I love Joiner. Joiner's fire too. 
But I'm going to listen. I got y'all here. We're talking about comparison. How about I just hit you something acapella right now and you compare? Versus, I mean, if you guys are cool with it, I'm not trying to like. Oh, we are all the way cool with it. We had Fredo singing fucking boys to men. Let's go. (laughs) I fuck with your energy, bro. I really do. So peep this. I'm just going to just grab one out the air. Uh, Reminiscing. It's two friends and I, I just graduated. So it's 2005 and we're teaching each other how to drink and drive without a thought that this could be our last ride. So we dabs and we left and we said our goodbyes. When they left, they said that they would be all right. It's not like I can blame them and claim that they lied. Nobody knew that this would be the night that they die. Fast forward, at least 7,000 needles later, three ODs. And every time I wake up, five friends passed from injecting the same stuff. I definitely wasn't ready to save them i'm blessed with the experience to save people no regrets with this voice i fight off the same evil in hopes that my story won't be a sequel you're meant to be the one that my music really speaks to oh shit and at the start what year did you say you said what (laughs) what year did you say at the start 2005 2005 oh shit you definitely fuck with macklemore heavy too yeah. <laughs> well, listen, that hey, that shit was written so far before Macklemore came out as an artist that I had seen. I've been, I mean, like I said, I've been doing this since I was 14. I'm 33 now. So I'd see some of these guys, like NF's another one. Him and I sound uncomfortably alike, and I hate it because he's so fucking good. <laughs> Yet at the same time, he, everybody know, you know, I come out rapping now. People are going to compare me to who is out or has, you know, who I sound like, even if. I may have manufactured a sound potentially before they did. Yeah, yeah. You know. Or yeah, yeah. Or, or assisted to the manufacturing of the sound. Like yeah, yeah, facts, facts. I don't want to say I manufactured. None of yeah, us can no. just manufacture. Right, right. Yeah. That uh that verse you guys just heard, um, another prime example. Uh that was a true story, man. Uh 17 years old, drinking and driving all day. Uh, turned around, getting dropped out of my dad's house. I should have stayed with these guys. I was supposed to go back with them. We literally stopped at my dad's house for some weed, four o'clock in the morning. I ran in, couldn't find none, came back. I said, fuck it, I'm here at my dad's, I'm staying. They left. Ten minutes later, they hit a power pole. Both of them died. Whoa. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's just something It was, you know, uh, putting my truth out there, man. This shit, that's another thing that affects people. It's not like all my music is talking about recovery or drinking and drive you know i got a whole other shit in there but it is a part of me so it will get laced in yeah no yes. pun intended, huh? yeah <laughs> <laughs> no pun intended sorry jess were you trying to say something there before everyone cut you off no no saying set him apart that's what sets him apart from that new age music mm. you, yeah. you guys ever sit around the breakfast table and battle each other <laughs> oh my gosh i cannot tell you our whole family battles each other we oh my god i swear <laughs> god <laughs> we will sit in the living room and one of my oldest daughter my one of our daughters will say something and daddy will come out of the blue and give them a little freestyle and they'll try and come back with a you know your butt stinks kind of freestyle and <laughs> they'll be going with some funniness for sure <laughs> And yeah. uh, like Jay, you're just saying, you know, not all your your rhymes are full of uh, darkness and everything else and recovery, but that is part of your life. Um, Krill Thanks. being a rapper himself, the songs he makes, like they, it's just part of his life. So it's, sometimes they go there, not every single one. Uh, yep. I don't know if you guys know or not. Have you heard the song that he did with uh, Times? 
I did. I've, I've actually only heard it one time, but I have heard it. I need to actually put it on to put it in circulation. When, right when it dropped, I peeped it and I just need to put it back on, man. Speaking a different language. <laughs> See, wifey's, wifey's actually got it in rotation on her. Like, you know, we're around each other a lot, but so, she, yeah. she's so we're both on promoting and like a lot of what we listen to is our local guys. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, no, you don't need to explain yourself. I was just wondering if you heard it. <laughs> yeah, oh. yeah. If you can't tell, I don't mind. <laughs> Sometimes I got to shut the fuck up. Don't mind me. No, 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 not that. Not that at all. That's all I'm saying. I'm just like, don't you feel like, oh, I've only heard it once. Better explain why. Um, right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, it was cool, though, having times come through on the song and uh, like and and add that verse and add, add his little spice to it with the uh Time actually did the times actually did a little extra, you know what I mean? That it wasn't supposed to be there. And I was just like, this shit is fire. I'm gonna stretch the song, fit that in. Yeah. That's awesome. That sounds like times, bro. That yeah, you yeah. know, <laughs> time, one of our one of our people for real. It's been a blessing to watch him. I remember, man, we did our it was like our first or second music video ever. And I remember being at uh, another one of Top Gunners, you know, Times is the Top Gunners. We're at one of their uh, boys' house, Biggs, Mr. Biggs. And we're doing a music video. And I remember being so frustrated with these guys at this time because I seen, I, I seen the potential. And then we went to shoot this video. The energy was down. And it was like nobody was really taking it serious. Just and I'm like, fuck, around, man. You know, just kind of watching them uh, stifle their potential. Fast forward six months to a year, and I mean, it was like a collective thing, man, a conglomerate elevation. Mm -hmm. Everybody starts taking this shit serious. Everybody's mm -hmm. really realizing that they can make a living off of this shit. And, and to watch times the way that he's completely fucking blossom into the battler slash artist that he is, man, it's, it's incredible. Yeah. Yeah, and the support I see from your whole team is fucking insane uh obviously starting with times the first time we had him on and then see you know getting to know you guys on social media more and, and following you guys more and then some of the other people connected to times whether they be rappers or people just part of the team like yo everything one of these guys do everyone supports it everyone shares it everyone likes it everyone comments on it, it, it you know what i mean and a lot you don't get that you don't get no. that with teams because it's like oh i don't want to look like i'm you know, I, I'm pandering to this person or I don't want to give them too much shine when I'm trying to do my own thing. You, it gets to a level where you don't get that. And uh, you guys, the whole fucking staff from what I've seen, staff, team, family, whatever you want to call it, so supportive. And that is amazing. That's what makes things fucking happen. Yes, that's been, I think, our biggest blessing. And to be honest, we, you, you can't move without that. You have to have support, especially from the local people you're working with. Um, and that's, again, where we just we love Alpha because without Alpha, um, you know, we put in our own work. We're the one that have done the work. We're the ones that have done the sweat and the, the real work behind all of that. Yes, right. But if you um, without that support from everybody else, it doesn't mean anything. It, mm -hmm. it just it doesn't. So having the whole team behind us and we're behind the whole team. I mean, it's just a conglomerate of us all in the city that are just constantly supporting each other because we all want we all want the same thing. Success. Mm -hmm. We had an Easter event just happened. Yeah. What is I it? was going to ask about that. 
Yeah, Sunday, man. It was a That's you know so not cool. a rap thing, not a battle rap thing. It was us going down there, setting up a little photo backdrop that literally came to life like the night before. We were just going down there to help hide eggs and cook food and. Yup, it's it's the people we do business with and love and have been loyal to us. And we in turn want to show, hey, we'll come out and support you, even if it ain't something for us necessarily. Mm-hmm. And because it's for all of us at the end of the day. And man, I got to do it. Shout out to Dollar, the motherfucking symbol, league owner of Alpha League, who hold us on from the jump when he's seen the fuck shit going on in the battle rap, uh, right down to business venture after business venture after business man when this man comes to me from the jump and we're getting hold around in the battle rap scene and the fucking first conversation we have on the phone is hey i want you on my team what's your price name it i named a price he said i got you i want you and i went oh, that, really? that's fucking different no. <laughs> like okay okay you know and from then like it was four years ago and i that's from yes. then it's been consistent He's an artist too, man. Y'all gotta peep it. Dollar the symbol. Doggy's really putting in work out here. And for the community too. I mean, he works for the community. We've done two feed the homeless um thing outreaches now where we're just coming through and we're giving away food and water and clothing and everything for the homeless in the city. Um, we helped with the today. first one. He kind of did the second one. And, but yep. it's, it's hard when you're doing stuff like that, man, because like we came through and tried to help film the first one. But there's that weird fucking dynamic of, OK, Tell we want to promote what we're doing, but we don't want it to appear like we're doing yep. it to get a buzz. Yep. For us. So, so yep. should we just not film at all? Yeah. You know, I like know, I, I know that feeling. That's yep. hard, bro. That's a hard feeling. But we know that it's from the place of love around here. We're doing it to show that there is so much more in Detroit because Detroit, outside of the music culture, does not have a good name. No. So Dala, I think, pulled together all of us to say we're bringing more than just battle rap, more than artists and music. We're going to bring it back to the community. We're going to bring it back to the kids and the OGs in the community. And that's Mm -hmm. what he's done. He's provided that constant platform for all of us to just be who we are. That's that's awesome. So aside from the battle rap gigs you guys get, I know you have other things that you're into, like as far as for, uh, for like, like filming photography, everything else. What are the services do you provide? What are the things that people hit you up for? Yeah, so we can do basically anything. We've done um, everything from gender reveals, photography or video. We've done both um, to lyric videos, photo shoots with artists or models or a baby, uh, flyer work, graphic work. A lot of the album covers you see around the local artist in Detroit have been done by us. Uh, I should say, we'll say like a 60, 40, 60% of them has been done by us. The other 40, not. Um, but a lot of, you know, we go into all of those realms, business cards, logo work, uh, yep. we've just recently bought the stuff to start making our own merchandise at this point. So yeah, a lot of stuff. Nice. So before they get out of here, the floor is yours. Promote, plug anything you guys want to, anyone you want to, tell everyone where to reach you, any social media, whatever the platform is, let them know. Absolutely. Well, first, we just want to say, man, thank you guys, uh, everybody in the building downtown. Uh, it's been a great experience, man. And we just appreciate it. We need more people like y'all trying to engage and open the dialogue with with the culture man whether it be battle rappers hosts fucking film crews you know so 
hats off to you guys first and foremost thank you thank you thank you yeah yeah absolutely man and rose productions you know that is us rose productions you can find us on facebook as that rose is r-o-s-a and uh, team rose productions on everything else team rose productions on everything else we are very accessible at any given point you need work we work on emergency work as well you wouldn't believe half the damn work i think we get is like Oh, I have this coming up and I fucking need it right now. <laughs> Can you pull a miracle down? Yeah, fuck it. We're miracle workers, man. Let's work. <laughs> you know, and uh, yeah, man, shout out to everybody that has continued to support us again, man. Alpha League, uh, that's our home league. Bar Wars, um, the rap committees come through and, and giving us some work. Um, you got a lot of guys out here trying to build some shit. And Michigan as a whole is concentrated with so much talent man across the fucking board and i feel like we're finally getting to a point to where we're starting to understand that when we work together we can all get a spotlight on us mm-hmm. and hey shout out king of the dot damn it we got run the fade coming on <laughs> this saturday <laughs> gotta do the the shameless kotd plug absolutely um, shout out these guys man you see what it is everything that has come from KOTD, um, I mean, especially in the last year, in my opinion, like that Grand Prix was amazing. I thoroughly enjoyed every fucking step of that. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, we can all agree on that. There was. Uh, <laughs> Wait, do you mean... have a favorite moment? Like a, a boom, it comes to mind first every time. Times. We knew times. I, I can say it now. I had, and we haven't spoke about it before this, but we knew times was going to do what he did, pulling out the cash. So I think that was the moment that I had anticipated. And that really sticks out with me through at least the Northern Grand Prix. We did tune into the whole Grand Prix via Twitch, but as far as the North side, that was our moment. I would say your moment. My I, moment I guess I should have spoken <laughs> you. My bad. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, because I mean, though it plays into it, like I've got, there's two things in particular for me that stick out and it has to do with that. That battle, times versus real deal, he had such a stacked deck against him from the jump yeah. facing the KOTD champ. Um, you know, I, I think most people thought he could work, but didn't actually think he was going to walk away with that W. Yes. And the moment he won that, to turn around and see the pure raw emotion come over him, um, the excitement, um, I mean, it was just everything all at once. And he, I mean, it was like damn near like he collapsed when he caught that W. That was one moment for me. Um, and then also, I, not necessarily a moment, but a collective memory. Marv won, man. To turn around and watch this dude, I see people count him out. He's mentioned as a legend, but somehow forgotten in the conversations of the greats. And to turn around and watch this dude come back in and have such a fucking hunger to show like, nah, motherfuckers, y'all have not counted me out yet. Mm. Um, that as a whole, I feel like was uh, something that sticks out to me as well. Salute to Marv one. He just had an album drop as well. Um, he's got merch available, you know, salute to him, man. I mean, and if, you know, not for nothing, I know y'all got all the love for times and, and we do too, but you can't be Detroit or transplant Detroit folk and not love Marv. I mean, fuck out. Exactly. Dude, that was hard. That was probably... <laughs> I'm going to leave some details out on this, but uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> times versus Marv 1 was so hard because for us, it was, you know, times is our people. 
we have also built uh, some level of relationship with Marv. It's not near like it is with Times, but we he has shown nothing but love and respect to us everywhere. When a goat calls you a goat, that means something. Yeah, we be in the yeah. building. He addresses me as legend, and like it just hits different when you're hearing it from a fucking legend. Like yeah. mm-hmm. he actually makes me feel like that when he calls me that. By the way, um, <laughs> just for the moment, at least. But that, that was hard, man. Watching them guys go at it brother versus brother brother versus brother mm-hmm. style yep. um but it was great it was like you know what we no put the best in the midwest against each other and in the end or at least up to that point we still had detroit versus detroit so yep. that should yeah. fucking say something yeah mm-hmm. um i think jason probably gets tired of or used to get tired of hearing me say this because he was so close to detroit or is so close to detroit but he, he is such a snob like he <laughs> um that there have been what many times no like there have been times when we've talked to times or about detroit shit that like i used to live a few hours from detroit i've lived in northern indiana and in michigan that mm-hmm. i would be like oh king vaughn or you know wh- whoever i'd bring up and he'd be like you know i don't fucking listen to any of this you know i don't know who that is you know i don't blah, blah, blah. What the fuck is that it's so funny to listen to you guys and i'm sitting here nodding my head and i'm like i'm not even gonna say anything because nobody's gonna know what we're talking about um but but it really is true that marv is not only um you know legendary in battle rap but he's he's just one of those dudes dude you know like he's an old head he's like one of the original detroit folk that it, you know if you've been around or, or that's the scene you fuck with you, unless you got beef everybody loves marv mm-hmm. facts facts mm-hmm. And, and you know when it, and unfortunately there's been this like stigma and this is why i haven't even brought up quest mccody because they seem to be attached and here i just went and fucking did it but i have to give quest his reason <laughs> but understand no, quest, definitely. i mean, I mean definitely. to do it individually yes them guys came up on some team shit but like Quest versus Cortez, great showing. Mm. Um, I feel like Quest is one that also kind of just, you know, it's like he's mentioned as a legend. Oh, you've been around, you're a legend, but he's not mentioned in the conversations of the greats. Definitely. And, and, and he is. To me, he's one of them greats. You know, he's in fucking Michigan. We have looked up to this guy. When, when I was a younger age, I had looked up to Quest. So to Quest be able to. Between Quest, McCody and uh, Disaster. and so we get into all of that uh and and listen i'm gonna sideline just for a second with quest quest them all them guys have been also doing community work and Mm -hmm. to turn around watch these guys buying abandoned houses flipping them um i mean doing drives for clothing for food um this is not stuff that you hear in the battle rap culture obviously because it has really nothing to do with it but it don't get enough shine. <laughs> I'm just saying. So wait, let me ask you this. Uh, and mm-hmm. This is my closing question, at least. Um, so, you know, we've spent, obviously, this whole show is about you guys. And then now we got, you know, we're talking about Run the Fade. We're talking about Times, Marv, Quest, you know, Detroit mostly, but a lot of Michigan stuff. And, and I realize that's your life, but, and I know you know this, so don't, don't fuck with me when, with your answer here. Michiganders <laughs> are proud motherfuckers. All right. Yep. Uh, yeah. The que- yeah. No. Here's, the, here's the question. Mm-hmm. Why? <laughs> oh, she's got a joke. Whoa. No, I'm, I'm, no, I'm dead ass serious because it's the same way in Ohio. And like, I can't give you the first reason why I would be proud to live in Ohio. I love Me Michigan. I'm not, I'm, on, I'm not shitting on Michigan. I'm just, it's a very, very Michigan thing. 
I also feel like I could give you no reason why to be proud to live in Ohio. I just wanted to throw that out there. Um, but <laughs> with that being said, uh, it, it's funny because what people don't know is within Michigan, there's actually a like low key beef between upper Michigan and lower Facts. Michigan. Facts. No, you know what? I meant to interrupt you earlier and say for all the fucking 80% of people that are listening to this show that don't know what the UP means, stands for, or is, you should tell them. Yes, yeah. the, uh, the Upper Peninsula, which is literally, there is a bridge that connects the lower Michigan to the upper half of Michigan. And man, you wouldn't believe there's actual maps on the internet that uh, plot out Michigan and the whole UP has gone off the map. Well, that's <laughs> like, because Michigan ends at Traverse <laughs> City and y'all are part of Canada, Wisconsin. Bad, bad. We'd be called youpers. We would actually right. be more closely associated with Canadians because of how we generally talk up there. But what I will say with Michigan, as far as pride, man, Michigan, I'm sure everybody in their state feels like this. Um, I heard Quest and Marv make a reference to this in a podcast with Math. Michigan has kind of had this thing where we have all this great shit, yet a lot of people don't seem to want to um give recognition to that so it, it almost feels like we have to i feel like we all kind of feel like we have to fight that much harder and in that process we gain more pride of where we're what at we where we come from the fucking footwork we put in you know yeah mm-hmm. all right i mean I've, I've literally always wondered that like i know in ohio it's like oh the buckeyes that's the thing you know, and then there are a few other states. And even having lived in Michigan, I've always just been like, bro, like, unless you're in the greater Detroit area, I don't understand this. Right. See, I grew up in Grand Rapids, um, which okay. is like, which is like a half of Detroit, right? You still got a ton of stuff Detroit has. It's just like half the size. So I grew up in Grand Rapids. So I'd say for me, Michigan, I'm proud of, I guess, our music just because I have such a deep love of hip hop music that I'm proud of all the legends that have come out of Michigan because it wasn't just Eminem, you know, there's a lot of Michigan music. So yeah, I'd say it's our music, the the love for that we have of it and how much we have to fight to be like, you know, it's not just a whole bunch of people up here. There's actually some good stuff. <laughs> uh, you know, you know what my favorite thing about Michigan was? What? It wasn't Indiana. again not a joke (laughs) it is so crazy how much of illinois is just blank nothingness indiana is the worst place on earth ohio is the second worst place on earth and then you can literally and people think i'm exaggerating the motherfuckers have got to go there to see it to know this to be actual facts you can see with your eyeballs without seeing a sign you can know when you have crossed the border into Michigan from either any of those three states easily, <laughs> immediately. It is yeah. a different world and it is just surrounded yep. by all this fuckery. Yep. That it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> That's funny. I don't know what? if it's the same in Ohio or in Canada, but we have a surplus of motherfuckers that were never taught how to use their blinkers. <laughs> uh-uh. <laughs> I also lived in Florida. Everywhere. I lived in Florida, and I don't even want to hear you talk about it in Michigan. Oh, my God, Chicago, oh, oh, God. Atlanta. I think Atlanta's been the worst. We've had to 
overcome so far. I take it personal, like they're actually putting out a death threat on my family or something. Oh, you did not put on your left blinker. That could have essentially wound up hitting my vehicle by this vehicle swerving that when it killed my family. Yeah, you motherfucker. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, you need anger management. I'm the one right with road rage. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. I have serious road rage. I fucking snap on anyone who's just not Please fucking you. following like the basic things. Use your fucking blinker. Put your fucking seatbelt on. Don't talk on your cell phone Don't while you're talk fucking on driving. Your cell phone. Yeah. Oh that's, my god. And I that's and I, the show. That's yeah. the show. Oh. We record that shit. And instead of like <laughs> what was that fucking crank calling show that when we were younger? Jerky boys. Jerky boys, but okay. like road ragers. Yep. That's funny. That's, that that'd be awesome. that's the show. Jay's the first guest. That's funny. <laughs> he's not actually the road rager. He doesn't like it. He'll like yell at inside the car. I am the one flipping you off and beeping the horn and yelling no, well, like you can no, actually no, no, hear no. me. You are not invited because we are not airing a murder. We we want the guy <laughs> yelling inside the car. I've that's followed funny. people. I have followed people to their destination. It's oh fucking bad. It's bad. It's real bad. It's really bad. My, my mom has said before that I shouldn't drive. I, am, I yeah. agree with your mother. Um, yes. Yeah, man. I, I've, I've, I've driven people off the road in the cornfields on purpose. What when the I fuck? Was, uh, Did I have a problem? When I was young and dumb, I once caught somebody at a stoplight because they tried to uh, knock us off the road three different times, like a car okay. full of young kids fucking okay. with us. And I caught them at a stoplight and uh, I knocked them the fuck out. Good. <laughs> Good. They deserve it. If right. not I told him, I said, man, well, you got one more time. I told my driver, he's got one more time and I'm fucking catching his ass when we stop. And they did it again. <laughs> <All right. laughs> he got slumped. <laughs> I mean, if you get fair warning, I feel like that's it. That's it. And that's all I told you. Facts, facts. I had patience. <laughs> all right. Well, now that we've gotten all of the fucking craziness out of you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, trust me. We're going to need at least a part five to get even halfway through what we got to actually say. <laughs> this very good. good. This has been yes, very good. Thank you guys so much. Oh, thank you for giving us the time. I mean, we've been rolling out for fucking two hours. So it's and. Yeah, you get lost in the building downtown. Like Jay said, you start saying things you never thought you'd start talking about publicly. But right. it happens. <laughs> I should have known. We talk about it in public. I should have known. I'm like, so, I don't want to focus on my cancer. I'm not even going to mention it at all. And then, uh, boom. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, post about it like once every other. I mean, so, yeah. you know, yeah. he does got to. Yeah, I yeah, get it. We I get, get it. it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's not the focal point. But I mean, it is something, obviously, like the, yeah. the way I brought it up. Right. There's a reason you're, you're posting about it all the time. You got yep. something to get off your chest, get off your chest. You could have easily been like, fuck you, next question. Then I moved <laughs> No, no, I'm an open book. So uh, we're trying to get people to know you, right? Not just your work, your personality, right? Exactly. Yep. Facts, facts. And Krill again, hey man, salutes. Uh congratulations on the clean time, man. And um, I just need you to understand, uh, bro, anytime, tap yep. in privately and i got you on the most transparent ass conversation in the world i can't say i can save your life that day or help you through but i may be able to just be there for you so tap in at any time man we are in this together even if i don't really really know you we've had very similar experiences i am sure i hear you man thanks cool you know you you have you guys ever been to canada i have um i've traveled all over but my husband has not 
I am in the process of uh, getting my felonies off my record. I was about to say, years. yeah, yeah, that, that's <laughs> yeah. why I was asking without asking. <laughs> Michigan's got that new law where um, they're wiping nonviolent, non-sexual offender um, offenses off your record after a certain amount of time. So oh. he is about to be completely felon free. That's like, plus like, I think it was four misdemeanors down. So um, that's a huge accomplishment, which means he can get a passport and travel, which is huge. And not get stopped by your wonderful border patrol. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I hear we're pretty strict, like fucking DUIs, they send you home. Bro, okay. I got detained at an airport for two hours over an apple. Oh, my God. Oh, shit. No, we're in Montreal. Yes. What, what did it have? Did you have KOTD icing in that apple? <laughs> <laughs> they probably would have been nicer to me. <laughs> yeah you guys anytime man we're here tap in at any point in time and uh you know just let us know yeah. if you guys ever need anything man we got number all right all right so yeah so you get those uh those things off your record keep working for kotd and then uh like you're just saying to krill you it's not like you guys it's a meeting but over i get over the internet or whatever the fuck you want to call it but yeah <laughs> then you guys cover kotd in toronto Big stage yes. event, and then we all fucking meet. That sounds like yes. the plan. Yeah, I love it, man. <laughs> Best oh, yeah, a- we're a- working. A- Amy, you can come too. <laughs> oh, thanks. Thank you. <laughs> you guys can meet in Kalamazoo. Great. <laughs> hey, that's a mission. Yeah. I'm with. <laughs> all right. For am I saying it this time? Am I saying it right this time? Rose Productions. Yes. yes. Rose. And just remember, hey, 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 it's Rose Productions. <laughs> Rose Productions, Jay Rosa, Jessica Rosa, Amy Barton, Krill Kasatsky. I'm Jay Kelly. This is Golden Downtown. We out. Peace. Dose. Building downtown. Building downtown. Building downtown. Building downtown. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.